Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to Chat Havers. Let's make a conversation. With us tonight is deep friend of the show, deep pocket friend of the show, Grant Crater. In the, in the same, I would say you're in the Chat Havers extended universe. I yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. works for me. Yeah. I've done. I did the marathon stream. You did so the marathon. Stream. This is my yeah. second appearance. On and this hallowed program. It's sort of like if we were an unofficial uh, Twitch network, it's sort of like me and you guys. And I guess that's it. That's I, don't it? Know, I don't know who else would be. That's all, those are the, maybe you guys have we're, more. We're waiting. We're waiting for more people to follow our lead. We're, to we're, become, we're, yeah, I'd say we're truly trailblazers. We're we new. Whom true. welcome. Robbie, welcome. We're here. Ignore the fact you could hear our us whispering uh, <laughs> before. Yeah. That was just sort of, that was actually pre-recorded audio that me and Grant made earlier today to give the illusion of industry gossip. It may have sounded like inside baseball pertinent yes. to what we do professionally, but yes. you, you would have be wrong to assume so. And I, and I love, I love that because this is very professional. People are like, oh, this is playing around. It's not. Mm -mm. It isn't playing around. The business side of it couldn't be more professional. This is track. more professional than probably 90% of setups like it, I will say. I I think that's true. Yeah. I would say that our stream setups are more professional than 90% of streams. Easily. Maybe 99% of streams. Easily. I think that as soon as the prerequisite becomes two people have to be on camera, the professionalism in general, aesthetic and, yes. and uh, yeah. auditory fidelity of a yes. program increases precipitously. Like even having a camera probably sets you above 50% of streams. Because I think most streams have <laughs> to have just... have a webcam, right? I've, I know, but I think, yes. But I think most streams are just like a 12-year-old playing Fortnite on Xbox and hitting the go live button. You know what I mean? So it's like, this is... So then... To, this. Get more viewers than we do. Yeah, yeah, and that's what's fun. Or they're VTubers. This is kind of like VTubing in a way. Yeah, you have the little animated guys back. Yeah, there. it's sort of like a VTubing, except I I made the uh, stupid is that a little decision. dog over my right shoulder. It's a little wolf. A little wolf. A little wolfy. Yeah, I should have been a VTuber. I should have made the stupid decision not to be a beautiful anime girl and said just be a man who is thirty. Just a regular man. Where can we see the, the viewer number so I can know exactly how I stack up against previous guests? Right. So I don't like, you know, I oh, don't watch. you try to hide that? I right? don't watch it. Oh, that's. Do you, see, I can't watch it. <laughs> well, what. So you don't keep it on the screen when you guys no, are No, thank God. Yeah. No, <laughs> I mean, what, no. it would make it go insane. It would be crazy because, you know, we, we have. I mean, when you get the, the numbers as, uh, as high as, as we do, there's it just randomly fluctuates, and it almost seems arbitrary yes. at some point. And it'll, yes. it'll, it'll jump up and down 10, 15 viewers every given right. minute or so. And you go on that, you say, did I say the right thing? Did I, did yeah, I exactly. Did I, yeah. did I sink the show? Imagine um, if, like, you're on... It's kind of the equivalent of you're on a stage, and... Uh, well, I guess it would, is... It's like if... if <laughs> it's like streaming. You're performing... Bernie Street, so really? Bernie, come I gotta on, give him a. I gotta brother. give him some help, man. Brother, we gotta get in there. Yeah. Here we go. Here's everybody. Great. We've got. Uh, let's see if I can. I cannot hear. Thirty million. How's your Spanish? Uh, I'm thrown by Medusa uh, Versace. I know. I'm also thrown by Medusa. <laughs> Girls always want me to. Yeah. That's the end. Yeah. What's the beginning? I can't. I couldn't tell. I that. do not. 30 million and. I don't know, Joey Town, but God, I'd love to find out. It's Welcome, Theo. Yeah, it's been said before, but the, the threadbare nature of Bernie's aesthetic is, was a major part of his appeal. It's the. Do you remember the stuffed chair? Do you remember seeing his stuffed chair? No. There was a. I think they were watching returns from one of the primaries, maybe uh -huh. in New Hampshire. 
and they had a shot from inside his home, and his family's gathered around the the, the television like like a warm hearth, and uh-huh. uh, <laughs> and you see off of the, in the corner, he had a stuffed chair, a chair just he just had his chair just full of clothes yeah. and papers, and it's like there's my present, <sighs> yeah, for real, for real. That is, that's what, we're not ready for that, I guess. I hope we're ready. And you know what's so fucked up is you know that Trump keeps it, like, it, he just has it all in one big room, you I know? think the second he puts something down, somebody comes around and hangs yeah, it yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, Hangs it up. We're at 350 viewers right now. I believe that. Wow. I believe it. But hey, Hoomson to Freak Scene, Theo from Eden. It's great to see How's you guys here. Doing? I really, is anyone speak conversational Spanish? I think he's saying that girls always want him to be wearing Versace. Puedo escuchar más bueno que puedo hablar. Es más difícil hablar. Yeah, you're out of, I'm out of my depth here. I could I could do it okay, but you know you got to go slow. I um I was very good at it because for a time I worked a day shift at a hotel, and so I would have to mm. hobnob with the uh, with the housekeepers with with gotcha. greater frequency than gotcha. than I do now. And what were so, you doing at the hotel? Just front desk stuff. Yeah, yeah. Now I do Not an overnight boy. shift. No, well, I mean, you know, if you're kind of front desk it. at most hotels nowadays, this it's uh, Mac. Please, it's great to see a, a, a real head in the in the audience. Mac, Thank please you. welcome friend of the show. Um, yeah, we love that. I believe if every viewer is a friend of the show. Do you believe that? I think they can be. They have to prove themselves though. Um, he says he's spending thirty million, and girls get him. All the time, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. that cool. makes sense. That checks out. Yeah, but um, now I do the night audit, and so I, it's me and a valet, and so we do everything that's Crazy. that's needed. So How last night I had shift? to deal with a leak. <laughs> it's from I'm going into work after this. It's from ten thirty to seven. How, do you sleep? Yeah. Do you get to sleep there though? <laughs> oh, is that it like yeah, 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 yes, yeah. yes, you yes, do. Blessedly, you just—that's yes. the secret. Is yes, there's there's ample opportunity to uh, to nod off. Is there a cot? No, but You're you a can chair. fashion one. And also, there's uh, you know, provided uh, there's an amenable uh, either valet on staff, or if I'm doing the valet shift, and there's the front desk they'll agent, wake you they'll wake they, You bring your radio with you, and you can just sleep in your car downstairs in the. <sighs> Don't let the hotel where I work know that. They're cool yeah, with yeah. that, actually. When they hired me, they said, and I'll go to my dying bed quoting this and, and knowing it in my heart of fucking hearts. Mm-hmm. They said, yeah, feel free to sleep. Huh. As long as, you, as you've taken care of your business and there's somebody watching the front desk. So... Creative Steve! Creative Steve, welcome. We Great love Creative Steve. I... I Man, I really, I'll ask you off mic because obviously you're not going to say where the hotel is on stream. But, uh, and hey, if you ever have somebody coming into town and you give me enough of a warning uh a month out, I can get you a room for 50 bucks and it's a nice hotel. Really? What neighborhood? It's, uh, hmm. Okay, this is right. Yeah, we can hold off. Yeah, we'll hold off. We'll talk about that Also, let me know if Grant's mic, I just replaced the XLR cable on it because it was giving me buzzy. So They haven't been able to hear a single word I've said. Yeah. Well, I do have, I have you muted until you say something funny for the clip. And then I turn you on and I record it and then you go back off. I'm sure that either Chalakian or Ellen Bogan or Pajarito told you to do that just to trigger me. Just to trigger you. Just to trigger me. Um, 
Both mics sounds great. Incredible. I love to hear that. Sometimes you just got to change out a cord. These things wear out. We just bought new XLR cables ourselves. I just bought one today because I was getting, it was making a horrible buzzing noise. You know, I mean, got to buy an aggregate now. An aggregate. Me, 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 you, the show, everybody. We buy them together. We should. We should buy in bulk. We really should. Yeah. That's the word bulk, bulk, not aggregate. Aggregate. Come on. All right. So, so, okay. I, I am curious more about the hotel game. Yeah. Um, God, I had another follow-up for it, but I don't remember what it was. So you can sleep in your car. Yeah. So you had a... No, 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 the leak. Yeah. What happened with this goddamn leak, with man? the goddamn leak. I'll tell you what happened with the goddamn leak, Luke. We... Uh, I'm, I'm made aware, uh, you know, living li- living as I was in the moment in blissful ignorance, I'm made aware suddenly of a, of a pronounced leak developing in the lobby um, that has dripped down onto a, a book, a coffee table book. Mm. which uh, contains a collection of photographs of the city of New York, and it's now <laughs> properly drenched. So that's a, you know, we can write that off. Um, but they, uh, you know, I'm told, I'm made aware of this leak. I go over, and I think I need to find a bucket stat. I need to find the origin of said leak. Sure. So I get the bucket. I go upstairs. It's coming from the maintenance room, Luke. Okay. From the goddamn maintenance room is where it's coming from. Is that, in your eyes, better at this point than a guest's room? Yes. Yeah, because a guest because room means they flooded it. Some some uh, you, some Steve. months ago, I want to say, there uh-huh. was a there was a leak that originated from a guest room, and it uh, ended up we ended up having to cordon off for weeks at a time several rooms because the water damage was so yeah, significant. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this, I, I'm told that this was nipped in the bud pretty quick after I left for for the for the morning. So. That's great. Why do you think that <laughs> hotels have to have a coffee table book of uh, photos of New York on the table? Um, because they're fake as hell. Because they, they, they're fake hotels as hell. They are fake they're as posers. As hell. I actually, no! really, I will say, I Hot- love the aesthetic of our hotel. Really? I hate to say it. Is, I hate okay, to be, and again, I, we're not going to name names. Is it a chain or is it a single? It point? is a single hotel, but it is owned by a larger mm. uh, hotel company. God, I hope it's the Twin Tower Hotel in Burbank because I would love to stay there. Are someday. you talking about the the what used to be the Holiday, holiday Inn? Inns, I worked there. At that Holiday I Inn? I did. Can I, I tell love... you? I, you want me to tell some tales that I've please, about that Please, please. So we, you know, I, I go to, to work there and there's, uh, first of all, it's miserable. It's like, and the, and I can say this now, I guess, because it's it's technically new ownership. It's uh, Oslo, or they 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 changed things up. It was the Holiday Inn. Holiday Inn. I yeah, worked yeah. there because I lived there for about six months when we first moved out here as a family, and there was a little bit of me that felt like, oh, I know the the place well enough to to work there. So wait, what? Yeah. Wait, what do you mean? I've lived probably cumulatively. Uh huh. Three to four years of my life in hotels. Really? Yes. Your f- f- hotel business? Uh, so my or sort of messed up. My <laughs> it's really only one of the you two. You know what? It's either a good reason or ba- it could be both. Luke, my friend, all of the above. Really? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. so my parents worked in the film industry. Really? So they would have to go on location for large chunks of time. So huh. we lived in in a hotel in the Bahamas for six months. Okay. We lived in. Um, Several hotels in different parts of Florida, in Miami, for half a year as well. It's beautiful out there. It it was. I was too young to really appreciate. Um, you were sort of like, I, I just wish say. I had a house. <laughs> I, you know, um, before fourth grade, I had been in eight different schools. Damn. So that you know, as a kid, there, there's something 
that's helpful about that in a sense yeah, yeah, insofar yeah. as like, you learn to be very comfortable in your own head sure sure, <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. but at the same time it's like you know You're like you John, you know the, you know the anecdote of jonathan winters because he was just like left alone in his big mansion and the reason he was funny is because he would literally talk to himself all day yeah um is that, what, is that what your story is like well i had a younger brother and so we uh, kind of went down each other to to but he sure. was he's three years younger and so there was enough of an age difference to where we couldn't it was never quite um you know, exactly. enough. He was never really an intellectual equal. Yeah, no. no when tried. I was a fourth grader and he was a first grader, we yeah, had very little very over little which we could connect. You were playing Beyblades. He was playing yeah. Beyblades worse. He was playing Bob the Builder or yeah, something. That's whatever Bob it was. The but um, hey, so we have a question from McDougal. And by the way, feel free to call in. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're supposed to be talking about old timey stuff. I, I like, hotels are old timey. Well, hotels are old timey. See, I like, but this is exactly why I like doing this shit because we're not really probably going to talk about this before or after me being on everything now. And that's exactly why you're here tonight. Let's get we, into the brass. We could become stacks. friends and hang out. We, I guess we could, but I, I, you know, I'd rather we keep it to this. Oh, oh. <laughs> but we'll see after tonight, Hi, Grant. Amelia. Maybe you'll win me over. Sweet Amelia, welcome. As a kid, I was around nine. How long have you worked in hotels? I also, did you grow up here too for a lot of your so life? So we, when we finally settled, it was near the end of fourth grade, and we were here in Burbank. Okay. And um, for the first three years, I was fully convinced we had one foot out the door. Sure, sure, and So sure, I was sure. like, like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not making friends. I'm yeah, not spending because yeah, yeah. I'm. We, we, right. This is not based on your entire life experience <laughs> up to that <laughs> exactly. time. You have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, lo and behold, uh, we don't. Uh, we're there until I'm 18. But, um, but and yeah, yet, no. and yet you still didn't make a single friend. No, <laughs> the whole time. No. Yeah, and then you, then I you had, found DNS. I had relationships of convenience. Yeah, uh, which is I, I think a tendency uh, in one's younger years. Uh, I don't think you really. I mean, I don't know. There are probably plenty of people who make good friends at that age. But uh, suffice it to say, Burbank was and still feels very much like a, a hometown for me. Wow, crazy. Yeah, and but did you live in, and you lived in that Holiday Inn for the first? I want to say. Three to four months. Well, yeah, because they were they were trying to find a place. It's kind of like the twin towers of Burbank, is what I like mm. to call it. But yeah, they're 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 a mess over there. Yeah, when I had when we had the fire, mm-hmm. the at the old Everything Now house, I had just started working there, and it was like a, you know I just gotten this job, and uh, and I I was heading into work when I got the call from Jake that the house had caught on fire. Crazy. I was like in the parking lot getting ready to go in. I go in and let them know, hey. I got to go home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the house is on fire. And they were cool with it, seemingly. And then later that day, they said, could you please send us uh, photographic evidence? <laughs> I love when jobs do that, man. Fire. It's so awesome. I sent them a link to the fucking KTLA story. <laughs> Uh, I love that shit. Yeah, Jobs are amazing, I, dude. Yeah, I was so, and of course, I, in, in, I just carried with me right, right, fucking here the whole time I was there. I'm like, when I'm ready to leave, I'm gonna no call, no show. I'm gonna fuck <laughs> with them. And then, of course, I didn't. Cause no, because you have coward. respect for the Holiday Inn yeah. Express. We're drinking Kirkland brand sparkling waters. I told Grant I was getting him a Lacroix. Little did he know, I was getting him Kirkland brand, which I hope is okay. You know. It tastes the same to me. It really does. If you put a LaCroix sticker on it, you'd be like, it's the same goddamn thing. You should get um, something to key out the brand so that you're not giving them Kirkland free product placement. <sighs> I would give Kirkland as much free product placement as they need. That's a great company, and I'm happy to support it in all... Stalwart organization. And all that. Well, more, more importantly, this completely keys out, which is kind of nice. Yeah. Anyway, folks, I mean, 
Call first, in. Yes, here's what we're talking about tonight. I, I, Grant, I very much enjoyed the hotel stories, and I do want to learn, <laughs> learn more. I do. That's if that comes up. Ask. Cause I will. I, I so really. I, I did a, a day shift at a small 25 room hotel mm-hmm. for three years. Okay, I got one more question. Yes. Is there something about it where, for you, you're almost comforted by hotels because they remind you of Absolutely, childhood? Absolutely, 100%. It's, okay. They're, they're um, a home. And yeah. there's also something very... Um, just the very fact that it's this sort of liminal, transitory space yeah. has always been yeah, very yeah. evocative for me. And yeah. as, a, as, a, as a writer and somebody who, I think, sure. is part of both of his budding professions... As a prerequisite, one has to be pretty good at observing human behavior. You do get to observe. You a lot have of human to do beings. that. There's this incredible. Before we move on, there's yeah, this yeah. incredible anecdote from Orson Welles on the Dick Cavett show where he was talking about mm-hmm. um, doing cold readings, not audition cold readings, but cold readings like um, psychic stuff. Oh, was, yeah, 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 yeah. In Europe, he was just sort of, um, you know, milling around Europe as he did in his youth, and uh, it ran into a psychic, and he said to them, "I could do what you do." very easy give me a day and I can do what you do and uh, and so he, he gave it a shot and over the course of the day they were like kind of hit and misses but by the end of the day he he noticed a woman came in and he just without really looking about he was like you just lost your husband didn't you and she broke down into tears and he resolved never to do it again now bear in mind many an Orson Welles story is entirely apocryphal yeah, 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 but, yeah. but he's, a, he's one of the most world-class bullshit artists yeah absolutely in history but what he said was it's like a hotel clerk. Right. You do the job enough, you start to recognize trends in human behavior to the point where the way someone holds a bag will tell you what kind of guest they'll be. Totally, yeah. And the, I, I heard that, and I think that week it occurred to me, we had it, we, in the, my old job, we had a little security camera yeah. where we could see the parking lot. Wow. And it occur- I caught myself the way somebody parked a car, I was like, oh, fuck. They're going to be a psycho. They're going to be a, fu- they're gonna yeah, be a yeah, monster. Yeah, yeah. And it, that, that's what you develop over time, a yeah. real acuity for noticing, you know, minute human behavior and it's, you know, what it tells you about the person writ large. And I mean, Grant, what better way to uh, uh, segue into tonight's topic than talking about Orson Welles? Yeah. One of the most old-timey as fuck <laughs> motherfuckers to ever do it in the game. Yeah. To ever do it in the game. Folks, this is a call-in show. We, it's called Chat Havers. Let's make a conversation. Our goal, as always, is to have great conversations with incredible to downright boring people. That's just sort of the name of the game. Sometimes they're incredible, sometimes they're not, but it should not stop you from calling in. The phone lines are open. We're talking about old-timey shit. What does that mean? Why do we choose it? I will be sufficiently boring for all parties involved. I will I will uh, make that my cross to bear for yes. the evening. You can be the interesting one. Yeah, on Grant is going to be so affectless through this that I'm going to uh, yeah. worry about... He, used to, he said we're going to hope we'll be friends after this. The way after he acts tonight, certainly we will not. Uh, <laughs> Jess, you can also now, if you don't have a phone, if, because you're out of the country or your mom took it away from you, you're allowed to go to chathavers.net and call in that way if you can What if I it. looked at the viewership numbers on my phone? Yeah, you can look at it. Just don't ever tell me. I never okay. want to know. You know why? Because what I've learned is they're low, I'm anxious. They're high, I'm anxious. They're in the middle, I'm anxious. Okay. It doesn't really matter how many people are watching. It's uh, it's just about oh God. Now I'm just thinking. If anybody no, wants to get into our Discord and spam everybody, can you send in letters? You can't send in letters, both through chat or you can um, 
Try and find my home address, triangulating it, me. You can't call and you have anxiety. Well, that's totally fine, but we are nice. Whomstantive, I can tell you, they park with a great deal of confidence and verve. They whip that shit they whip in. It in. They whip it in. And, uh, and that is a, a mark of a, a difficult Republican. person. Sometimes. Also, it can just be like a really flighty liberal mom mm. who's just mm-hmm. a lot, mm-hmm. you know? We got about as many as a PTA meeting. Well, that sounds like a lot. Okay. That sounds like a lot. The number was okay. The number was okay? Yeah, I won't go with any... Ah, God, you can't say... Just say it's I'm, good, I man. Got, okay, but my thing is I got to I gotta outperform these other people. I come in with a built-in audience. I've got right. to, uh, to right. do my part to help. Exactly, listener. exactly. Well, thank you so much, Katzen. I really do appreciate it. It is true. He's doing um, very well. This is a great setup, by the way. You guys can't see this. You can't this see is it. A really I got a resourceful setup here. Yeah, I've really, you know, I had a call. I had a guest come and say it was the best compliment they could put. You got a call coming in. Here we go. A guest came in and said, "Wow, from the clips you posted, I really thought it was way bigger than this." And I was like, "That's what I'm fucking That's talking good. about." That's honestly the highest compliment That's this good. shit can get. That's All right, good. you ready? Yeah, let's fucking do it. Yeah. Hello, caller. Welcome to the show. What's your name? What are your thoughts on old-timey shit? Hey, it's uh, Sadville. Sadville from the chat. Sadville. How you doing, buddy? How you doing? How you doing? I missed some of the the most recent conversation, but I did want to ask, Grant, have you seen the, the, I think it's 2005 film, Red Eye? Red Eye. Is this a, um, is this anime? Is no, this... it's the Cillian Murphy, Rachel McAdams. Okay, thing. no, I have not. Russ Craven. Anyway, so the the entire oh, plot are they on a plane? Sheet... They're on a plane, Rachel... right? They're on a plane. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, I've seen. I feel like I've seen clips of this. Yeah, it does. It it both. They're on a plane, and it feels like a movie you would watch on a plane. Hmm. Okay. Um. Anyway, so I was watching it. She's a hotel manager. In the whole plot, spoilers for this film that came out almost 20 years ago. That's okay. Um, it, the whole plot is Cillian Murphy is trying to get her to move somebody's room to an advantageous location so they can shoot an RPG into this person's room. And wow. Rachel McAdams fights tooth and nail for two hours, saying, I will not move that room. Oh, because it seems like such a. Weird... It's like they're trying to like ass- ass- assassinate someone, and she's like against it. Yeah, yeah. And so much of the plot. Oh my god, so much of the plot is about the cell phone on the back seat of the plane, the the plane seat phone. Yeah. And it's coming in and out, and she's like calling, and she's fake calling, and Tilly and Murphy is like, "Did you make the call? Did you make the call?" And anyway, she's... I I was just if I were in the same position, I was like, I would just. That would be a minute. That movie would end to start and end. Hey, can you move this guy? I'm I'm a terrorist. So I'd be like, yeah, that's fine. I don't give a shit. I mean, I don't yeah. understand why it takes place on a plane. Why wouldn't you put that movie in a hotel? It instantly becomes ten times more interesting. There, why is it on the plane? I the, all of this felt like a secondary. I I feel like they wanted to have something happen on a plane, and it was 2005. Uh-huh. They were like terrorism. Let's well, go. Uh, well, she would just she would just. The, she would just be able to press her panic button. Does they have panic? You have a panic? Every hotel I've worked has a panic button. Wow. You just you click it, and the cops are on their way. 
Huh. And and uh, many a coworkers accidentally pressed the panic button. Sure. And that Not is. You, a, it was you know. a plane decade. Plane stuff was snakes on a plane. If you're gonna sit here and not say yeah. that snakes on a plane wasn't a direct result of 9/11, why that movie was made, you're fucking kidding yourself. Yeah, I believe that. Are you? So are you saying that they was? What's the connection? Uh, Al Qaeda, when you think about it, kind of snake-like behavior that they exhibited. It was. It was. It was sneaky. And well, I because. <laughs> Well, I didn't think you were really going to press me on this, man. But now that you have, of course, I'm ready to be pressed. Uh, I think that planes were in the cultural animus. They certainly were for me growing up in Washington, D.C., terrified of planes. Obviously, after that happened, there was a 9-11 in D.C., Grant, don't forget. And because of oh, that, yeah. they said, well, people are thinking about planes. we got to set more movies on them. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah, Soul Plane. Soul Plane? Soul Plane came yeah. up pretty soon. Yeah. Air, <laughs> airplanes... Airplane stayed being popular, you know. That was from before. Uh, no, I thought I thought it was going to be like uh, there was a snake on, snakes on a plane subplot where they were going to do a bomb, but they had to pivot because they're like the TSA is going to catch a bomb. They have to do. It has to be a bio weapon. Right. Was was airplane before or after the Iranian hostage crisis? Mm -hmm. I think before. Probably before, right? It's early seventies. Hostage crisis happens late seventies, seventy nine. Oh, and. And I do have an old timey. I could get us back on topic. Okay. It, yeah. It, it, you if insist. you prefer that. Um, so, relatedly, though, I am curious, Grant, if you followed, like, it does seem like there is a, uh, like, seedy hotel culture in Los Angeles, like a his history mm -hmm. of that. And yeah. I know people have tracked, like, this this hotel has ghosts. They were murders in, like, yeah. the 40s or 50s or, or, or stuff like that. And should that come up? Um, in your experience, do people ever talk about that or what's, what's the ghost situation like essentially? So, um, I have on many occasions personally found myself in locales, which are ostensibly haunted, uh, as can be. And, uh, in those moments I have stood sort of in open defiance of the space and said, show me what you got mm -hmm. and have yet to be impressed mm. sufficiently to believe in their, in their presence. I do believe in sort of the, the general idea that one's energy is sort of dissipated after death and that there is something to, you know, the idea of like, um, sort of a lingering energy of a person or persons sure. in a particular locale. That's also basically what I believe, but I also believe in ghosts. I, you know, but here's the thing. I've worked with uh, – so when I worked at the Holiday Inn, I had two coworkers who uh, were sort of my, my managers mm -hmm. there, um, both of whom worked at the Sunset Marquee for some time, but then also worked at uh, one of the most famous haunted hotels in Los Angeles, which was the – it was the one where the woman died in the water tank. Have you heard about yeah. this? Yeah. Yeah. The Cecil. Yes. The Cecil. And uh, she, like got, she was drunk and she got up in there. What happened? It, so, it, drugs. Mm -hmm. She just was, yeah. you know, on a, a ton of drugs. Through the pill head. And, I mean, what's, what's really disgusting about that is that she was in the tank. That was their water tank for Freaky. everything. Yeah. And she was up there for, like, uh, I think over a month before Jesus they realized Christ. she was up there. So people yeah, she, were, were showering. She yeah, she had decomposed fully. And, um, but they, uh, they worked there d during that. Yeah. The person in question. Oh, and the, folks, the, if, my you, if you haven't, the, when they were doing this, like, mystery of what happened to the Hotel Cecil girl, 
they have this really creepy like uh, elevator footage from the night that she disappeared. Yes. I can't remember what happened. Yeah. But it's super weird. And I think that's why people like really latched on to uh-huh, it as a true uh-huh. classic. This is like super and then it, it's so gruesome at the end too. Yeah. If you bring to that video uh, the conviction that full-bodied spectral illusions exist and that people are uh, capable of seeing them and being terrified of them, then the video will not disabuse you of your mm. of your uh, opinion because she seems to see something and be very frightened of the thing and she hides from it repeatedly in the elevator. There's nothing visible that she's reacting to and yet it's... Now, if you then shift your understanding just slightly and and agree that it's possible she was on a a combination of extreme you know hardcore drugs (laughs) then it becomes less crazy to imagine well maybe she just saw a machine elf yeah you know a machine elf you know when you take dmt do you know about this sadville when you take dmt and you see a machine elf (laughs) no i've never Neither is a gremlin? Nor it sounds like a gremlin. Elf. I haven't done DMT either. Yeah, but it sounds like a gremlin to me. It's a little bit different. It's a machine elf, and there are these things that you see when you're on DMT, and maybe yeah. she saw a machine elf. It sounds like a well-meaning foreign grandfather attempting to describe a gremlin. Yeah. It's a machine elf. <laughs> or, or an iPhone. Yeah. It's a machine elf. It's a machine elf. It helps me. Do, yeah, do yeah. a voice. Do a voice. Do a, a machine elf. Hara show. There you know. I'm off the clock right now. I'm not doing voices, so thank yeah. you. Yeah, I don't really do voices on this show, but I will to impress the right guests. There so it take is. that as you will. I'm impressed. Um, wait, what the fuck was I going to say? Oh, oh, so wait, they worked at that hotel? Yeah, and I kept pressing him for stories, and he kept going like, oh, it's very haunted. It's very scary and very really? haunted. Really? He was also just this particular coworker. Was he a dullard? Was a shit. He was... He was uh, a sick man. <laughs> and, you know, the overnight shift, I think, tends to attract people like that. Sure, but thankfully, sure. I'm different. Perverts. Thankfully, I'm different. I'm not like that. Per- hey, Creative Steve, thanks Thank so much for tuning Steve. in. We love you. Sadville, um, I mean, I, you know, before we let you go, I guess got to ask you, what's your favorite old-timey shit? Oh, like in, in general? Yeah. Oh, God, I have no idea. That's such a broad question, Luke. Mm. Uh, what's your favorite thing that happened before 1950? <laughs> Is, Is that, that your def- I don't know. definition? Penicillin? Was that, did that, when did that come out? I'm really a big fan of that. Once uh, that hit, then everything was really Of what? Penicillin. Penicillin. Oh, okay. Yeah, that would have been probably the, probably made it in like the 10s, if not earlier. Yeah. I saw widespread no, that was, that's dope. We got that. Wait, so, um, old timey wise, um, I don't know if this ties into some of the, the like streaming war stuff, but isn't it wild how you just straight up cannot find a movie before 1960 on Netflix? And even that, like the 60s content, yeah. it's like eight movies. Yeah. And well, it's just huge names. Well, their, their whole and business... I'll, I'll, I'll get off and you guys can talk about that. No, 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 no. You can that. stay on. I, I wanted to give you an okay. out, Sadville. I'm happy to keep talking to you. I agree. No one else is No, um, that's... That's my question. I'll, I'll get offline. I have a little work to do tonight. Okay. And I'll, I'll be listening in and chat. Incredible. Thanks so much, guys. Great talking well, to you, buddy. Thank you, Sadville. Take care. Thank you for tuning in. Bye. Um, well, I mean, their whole business model is predicated upon churn or, or yeah. anti-churn. And so the way to do that is to keep developing new, new yeah. stuff. It's why in 2009 there were 200 greenlit scripted series and why in 2022 there were almost 600. Yeah. And so it's it's not so much about 
um, something that is available in other forms. It's about exclusivity. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's also why Netflix is incentivized. I mean, I think you could... Netflix has said their goal is to have only Netflix content on Netflix. Yeah. You know, like they don't yeah. want other movies if they can no. avoid it. And, it. and it's increasingly um, less of an option, too, now that there are these bespoke uh, yes. company-specific streaming services yeah. like Paramount+. Plus. I mean, that, that used to be, yeah, Peacock. It's really grim out there. Paramount I, I, Plus is really the terrible one. Yeah. Unless you like Star Trek, which I do, and that's all I watch. Or Twilight on. Zone. I, oh, yeah? I, I was on Twilight Zone kick for a bit, and so I, I tried to do the Paramount Plus thing, and I was just like, this is unaffordable. Sure. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. there are, and plus, I'm sure I could find them elsewhere. You know? I know, but you want at a certain point, you're like, I'll pay $5 a month, and I can at least watch this in fucking 1080p, you know? Yeah, and it's true. Sadville, you're, you're right, Paramount Plus. Really? Um, I was uh, struck finding the other day, uh, when I say the other day, I mean like a fucking year ago, Peacock had like almost all of Douglas Sirk's films oh. for a minute, and the Minions, movies. and the Minions, and I get it because he made his films for Universal. But I just remember thinking, right, like, right, right, oh, right, it's Universal. Some, yeah. some, somebody came on here to watch The Office and and accidentally started watching uh, Written on the Wind and had a good time. <laughs> but and yeah, it, Criterion Channel is the way to go. Yeah, Criterion's the only one that kind of has. And I like, and personally, I really like that they have the standards but then cycle things. Like, I find that curation is very actually helpful in the streaming sort of landscape of like, oh, yeah, like, I actually end up using it more to watch movies because there's a collection that's like 70s New York. And I'm like, great, I love that genre. Let me just watch what I haven't seen, you know? Absolutely. They they have always been on top of curation. I, I, I was a film struck guy. Too when mm-hmm. they when that launched, mm-hmm. um, I love that they have, you know, a good amount a uh, mix of both, you know, the Janus Films Library and now that the the library that's accessible via TCM, so like WB stuff, yeah, yeah, classics, yeah. you know. But yeah, I also miss because um, my my um, father cut cut cable, but for a while I was using his cable login to watch TCM mm. on. Uh, mm-hmm. They had an app that was really great too, because it was anything that they screened. They just would have. They would just have on God, the app for sick. like. Now like that week. stuff's all on Max, but they cut a bunch of it off. Is yeah, that? it's all yeah. it's on Max, but again, it's a fairly limited yeah. selection, and it's not. Yeah. I mean, because TCM will show some real deep cut stuff yeah. that's hard to find elsewhere. And it was, did you watch a lot of TCM as a kid? Uh, no, I didn't really uh, take to films like that until mm-hmm. I was in college. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, but it was on sort of on the periphery and and uh, where'd you go to college? Where'd I go to college? I went to a CSU Channel Islands. It's a tiny little state school. It's like the youngest CSU. It's a dinky huh. little. Wait, program. what is CSU? Cal State University. Cal State University. Yeah. Channel Islands. Channel Islands. What? Where I knew, is? That? I knew so little about the school that part of me wondered if it was on the island itself. It's not. Right. It's just by them. It's I don't really them. know a shit about the Channel Islands. Um. They. Uh, it's it's oft utilized as a place to sort of study um, wildlife in a more or less unperturbed sure. state because they've it's been like a national park and well preserved for the most part for the most part. Mm-hmm. So like a, one of the one of the programs they had on our campus was a um, there they'd have various departments sent over to do work on the islands and the nature of it is I never really got a good sense of it what they were if you're doing. shooting movies over there you might shoot some sort of interesting student film using the animals 
Yeah, like a little fox running around. They have these. They have, uh, they're famous for their island foxes. Mm. They a lot. There's a there's a, a a breed of fox that's oh, exclusive I've to the been, Channel Islands. Okay, it's so funny I said that. I've been there. Oh really? And I've seen have these you fox. seen the foxes. Yeah, yeah. me okay. and Katie went during the pandemic. It was yeah. great, but that's very funny that I just forgot. Damn. Yeah, my university. Uh, speaking of old timey shit, and sort of the the maybe one way that it sort of manifests itself as a as an interesting point of conversation. Sure. Uh, the university was formerly the largest state hospital west of the Mississippi. Huh. Um, Haunted. Specialized in the treatment of schizophrenia. Really early in the development Whoa. of that was was part of the first few trials of the, the drugs that now are understood to be the main treatment for Crazy. schizophrenia. Was it the one that also was a jail? There was, I mean, most state hospitals had some form of correctional <laughs> facility for for persons that yeah yeah. yeah wouldn't have been in, in jail proper but they but they also were a developmental center so w- in the last 20 or so years of its time as a, mm-hmm. as a state facility they had children that were coming in huh. um it was one of the first institutions to really make an effort and they partnered with the ucla research uh team to work with children with severe self-injurious autism hmm. um but those many of those buildings are still on campus and they haven't been touched. And if you know where to go, you can just walk in and you're suddenly in the children's ward, the abandoned children's ward. And it looks exactly crazy like you would expect it to look. Um, so that was a real that was a real trip. Are they are they like historical? Is that why they don't tear them down or is it just I you know, I think they just didn't have the money at the time. It yeah. was uh, this was uh, this is an interesting case study. This university in the weird shift from uh you know the the avowedly exclusively public institution to one that was a sort of a hybrid of a private mm. and public mm-hmm. thing because the money was never really you know there in the way that it should have been there's there were huge tracts of land to the east of the university that were supposed to be uh further developed as housing for students that just was sat barren for, right for a while because right, i right. think they it this happened in um Oh seven, oh seven, oh eight, and so that, you know, that's like but my elementary school built a huge, big, bought a huge plot of land to make a, a high school, and then the recession hit, and now they still just own it for no reason, and it's sort of just up the street, you know, fools. Yeah, but they, but the, m- many of the buildings were repurposed for class classrooms and uh, um, offices, but right when you walk in, when you enter. The university, when you drive onto campus, the first uh, you know, row of buildings is all abandoned parts of the developmental center for children. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you go in and it's covered in cobwebs and detritus and it's a uh, real, you know, it's right out of a fucking movie in there. Damn. And that you could also be a good place to shoot a short film in. I actually made a documentary series that uh, sort of... Uh, aborted midstream because of the pandemic, but I, I'd made four episodes of what was supposed to be like a long series of a um, talking about how, on the one hand, deinstitutionalization of um, the state hospital system yeah. across the country had a deleterious effect on the nation's uh, severely, seriously mentally ill yeah. people. Um, the largest uh, mental health provider in the United States is the LA County Jail. Yes, right. Um, well, and then 
dovetailing that and, and putting into con in, into conversation with the privatization of public higher education. And right. so the structure of the documentary was like uh, I interviewed something like two dozen former employees of the state hospital. Uh -huh. um, when did the hospital close? 97. Oh, wow. 97. It was one of the last around because, you know, after the um, Latterman Petrus Short Act of 67 here in yeah. California, most of them were closed. Mm. Basically made it impossible to hold somebody on a psychiatric 5150 for longer than 72 hours. Right. So, so it was, sort of, yeah, there yeah, was yeah, you know, a lot of these facilities were unnecessary. Yeah. Believe it or not, I don't get to talk about these things on our show. Yeah, so that's why this show is, <laughs> this is, sort, of like a, this is sort of like Talking Dead, but for ENS, where you guys come on, you finally get to talk about this stuff. We don't do characters, we're not, we're just telling interesting stories, anecdotes. Are people still there, or have I sufficiently bored them? You can't keep looking. I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna, man. You keep it so to yourself. I will say, we don't see the number when we're on stage, but when when there's like a break, you go walk I over go around walk. the yeah, 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 I know, I know, man, watching. I know, I know, I know. We're talking about old timey. Oh, shit. this is good, huh? It's good. Yeah, it's good. All right, I think. All right, fuck, man. Uh, tonight, <laughs> folks, the theme is <laughs> old timey shit. But really, as always, you can call in with whatever the fuck you want to. That's sort of the beauty of it. Sort of an arbitrary theme. Yeah. If you, if yeah, maybe you think that. Grant belongs to an institution. Deinstitutionalization was actually a Kennedy obsession. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah, because he, so, she got a lo so she was lobotomized. Here's what's interesting. Here's what's interesting. So he pushes for deinstitutionalization. Now, it was always understood that the only way to make that a feasible policy was to transition them into community care. Right. The idea being you get rid of the archetypal snake pit of the yes. past, which yes. where people were historically mistreated. The one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the titular snake pit of a, the novel slash film of the, of, you know, back in the day. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the only way it could really work because otherwise you have what actually happened, which was Kennedy begins the process of deinstitutionalization. This, at the state level, it continues apace under Reagan and mm -hmm. uh, other um, governorships across the country. Mm -hmm. And what you what you find is when you go back and look at the records was the vast majority of people pushing for this policy were doing it exclusively to cut costs. Yeah, there was right, no there was no desire. Because they part. were government they were government funded. The exactly. Basic, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there was no I mean, there was, was no replacement. Incredibly expensive, and it was yeah. and and. On the one hand... And you can't make them work like you can in a jail. No, uh, you cannot. Yeah. You're exactly right. Right. And so you see the graph. It's it's this and this of uh, number of incarcerated... Jesus in Christ. This, ...in the state of California and across the country, and then number of unhoused. Yeah. The same right, thing. Right, Um But, but uh, there was just never adequate funding set aside for community care is the problem. So it all ended up going toward the jails. Yeah. As you said, L.A. is the biggest uh, mental health care provider. Sadville, there is absolutely a uh, really robust system of uh, mental health care options available to those who can afford it. That's the key. Yeah. That's the key there, who can afford it. The vast majority of people who suffer from severe, and we're talking about severe, serious mental illness, yes. which is only about 4% of, pe of people who have any form of mental illness, only about 4% of them have what's defined in the DSRM as extreme yes. severe mental illness, which is schizophrenia, bipolar, manic depressive disorders. Like someone who, who, who 
in the in the good way like an institution was like oh this is a place they can survive yes yeah and yeah. and and again what's interesting about the state hospital in question here with Camarillo was um, I interviewed two dozen former employees of that facility and they I mean these are these are people who mostly worked I mean all of them worked there for decades as is mm -hmm. the case with most state institutions there's a there's a um, you know whether it's schools yeah. or you know the people tend to stick around know, health insurance you've got yeah yeah, exactly. yeah it's a government job yeah yeah um, and so they, they were there for 40, 50 years wow. and had nothing but positive things to say about Camarillo as an institution. And for a while, I thought, okay, well, they're giving me, they're just telling me a tale. Yeah. They're just, they're, they're, yeah, there's yeah, been. Yeah. But when Camarillo closed, or in the case that they worked somewhere else before their time at Camarillo, they mm -hmm. had no problem, um, you know casting aspersions about those institutions huh. and saying negative. So I so think Camarillo was like actually an outlier. It was an outlier. Wow. It was an outlier in a way that, um, what do you think made it different? The um, people running it or just, it got more money cause it was California. There was a great, there was a, uh, there was more money. Mm -hmm. Um, I think at post Landerman Petrus short act, the staffing to patient ratio naturally kind of became something marginally uh, more uh, right these are people that had served who had been there before that act was passed. some of them yeah, some yeah, of them yeah, had yeah. yeah or or in some cases it's like their parents worked there and right. then their their parents parents worked there and Crazy. so they had just anecdotally stories of what yeah, it was like yeah. before yeah um but then the the developmental center was a big was a big one because yeah um there was a real intention uh to bring the the kids into contact with the community there was no desire on their part to kind of to, to them hide out. them away yeah, to yeah, shut yeah. them out and um they were all they were just too many too many stories of people who did very well at the state hospital there yeah and uh when the employee left the facility at post-closure um like five six years later they'd see the same person and they were in really really bad shape yeah, right. Um, God, dude. There was one Ugh. story in particular. There, there was a famously, um, infamously, a stabbing at a, at the pier in Ventura where a, a father and daughter were having breakfast and an, uh, an unhoused, seriously mentally ill man approached them. No overture at all. Just walked right over and stabbed the man, killed him there at the table. And... I was interviewing a woman uh, who worked there at the at the hospital, and she said when she saw his face, she called everybody she knew at the hospital because she had worked with this person for for like a decade. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, what was he like at the facility? Yeah. So, well, he was on his medication. He was a model citizen. He was uh, great to work with. Yeah. One of my favorite patients. Yeah. I got along with him great. Yeah. And so then to see that. Yeah. Having transpired, because he was just he was unhoused, he was self medicating out on the street because yeah. he doesn't have access to. Yeah. He was either in jail, yeah, or out on the street trying to self medicate, and it's like that's what happens. That's yeah. what's happening. Yeah, was this a funny, fun conversation for everybody? I thought it was really funny. Like you said, a guy just got stabbed indiscriminately and he died. I assume. Yeah, yeah, it's fucking funny as shit to me. To it be is, honest. Yeah. Um, sorry, everybody. No, I, I, Grant, I truly found that extremely interesting. Um, yeah, it's sort of slapstick. Yeah. Remember my bit with the knives? Yeah. I was channeling that. Yeah. That's what you were channeling. Yeah, channeling That's how you that. think he did it. <laughs> oh, 
that. But you got to. You got to do it. You got to. You got to do it. That's what Freud said. You got to do it. It's got to make them laugh. Make them laugh. Um, please. I actually do think if you're watching this, I want you all to be taking notes. I think if you ever felt called to your train, I do think that documentary would be worthwhile. The first four episodes are on YouTube, but here's oh, yeah? the problem with it is Did I it go viral enough. No, no, no. Oh. I, I, um, one, I was making it at a time when I had some semblance of hope for the future. And there was definitely, uh, a part of me that, you know, the whole process was sustained by some, even just the lightest sure. draws of. Uh, hope. Yeah, yeah. And uh, four episodes in, uh, Sanders lost the primary and COVID started happening. Sure, and sure, I was sure. just like, what's the point of any of this shit? Why, why, why well, am I doing any of this? Instead, what you should, you devoted your life to a much nobler call, cause, which is alternative comedy on Twitch.tv. Yeah. TV. Yep. And it's why we're here tonight. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen. Um, you could make the case that my chosen career path is solely an extension of a deep. Uh, abiding sense of despair. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that what we all do? Yeah, of course. Yeah. But um, but I, the other problem was I I was really taken and still am uh, taken with this aesthetic uh, mode of filmmaking called slow cinema. Are you familiar? Sure. With it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, Apichat Bunker, South Dakota, James Benning, all those mm-hmm, cats. And mm-hmm. so the style of the documentaries is, is like that in a sense, mm-hmm. visually. Mm-hmm. And it just it occurred to me in thinking about it, like, wow, I feel like this is the the way that makes the most sense to tell this story because so much of it has to do with time, yeah. time's passage, and you know, um, temporal slippage. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, and that that style, that mode of filmmaking, seems to me the most amenable to time as an aesthetic preoccupation. Sure. Uh, there is. There was something that felt somewhat self-serving because when when it then uh, found its way into the community of people who uh, for whom it made the most sense to see, like former employees, yeah, yeah, yeah. For, former people who were connected to the university in some capacity, I could tell that it was immediately alienating to them, sure. and it felt like yeah. okay, maybe I'm just you know yeah, like yeah. Uh, well you know the follies of youth. Yeah, and uh, you know, uh, it's it's still up there, and I definitely I don't feel like I gave short shrift to the stories themselves. I feel right. like they're all still very present there. But it was just like it was a oh, bit of a hard for them. I th- I just think that um, you know I just started asking what the purpose was, and if the purpose was to start a conversation, then utilizing a, an aesthetic that in some respects is just sort of has something fundamentally alienating about yes. it. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is not useful. Not to yeah, yeah, yeah. terribly helpful. Now, it worked great as a podcast. If you just didn't <laughs> watch any of it and just listen to it, then you could probably get plenty out of it. But I think I've, I think I've posted the link to it in the Discord Well, before. I'd like to see it. I'd like to see it. And, and it is, and, and I, what I respect the most about it is that it is technically old-timey shit because it yeah. happened in a place uh, before now. I was also just, um, at the time and still, uh, a preoccupation of mine in terms of what I was consuming and reading and engaging with was stuff that was explicitly uh, or implicitly hauntological. Are you mm-hmm. familiar with that? No. I've never heard that term. Hauntological. Hauntological. So um, I'll try to make, I'll make this as quick as, and succinct as possible. I think I've talked about this on a Hangout stream once. But Jacques Derrida, 95, he writes this book called Specters of Marx. And mm-hmm. he he says, you know, he, he 
brings up that that formulation that Marx uh, put out there. Uh, you know, there's a specter haunting Europe, right? And but in post-Soviet life globally, what he was articulating was in the absence of some uh, broadly defined uh, um, antithesis to capital, to sure. the dominant liberal democratic capitalism. Mm-hmm. Um, there would always be this sort of like uh, phantom pain of a kind, mm-hmm. it, just politically and socially. Um, and then later, Mark Fisher, you know Mark Fisher? Mm-hmm. Mark Fisher writes about it, and he uses the same term, hauntology, which is just a portmanteau of uh, um, haunt and ontology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he, he repurposes it to describe culture specifically and media. Right. And what he posits is that in the absence of some well-defined articulation of a future, an alternative to capital, mm-hmm. you uh, retrench yourself in antiquated modes of uh, you know, f- future thinking. So you know, our vision of what the future looks like has not fundamentally changed since the early 20th century. Right. Um, culture has st- stagnated in a, in a sense. Yeah. You look at the top-grossing films of 1969, um, the top two, it's Midnight Cowboy and uh, Easy Rider. Right. You look at the top ten highest grossing films of, ni- of 2019, mm-hmm. it's all remakes, reboots, and adaptations of, of comic book IP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if you look at music over a comparable span of years, if you look at uh, the evolution of popular American music from the year 1920 to the year 1970, it's unfathomable. And, and the part as a mo- modes of production yeah, shift yeah. and change, but it's it's a really marked difference. It's like a, a, an incredible, unbelievable acceleration. And then if you look at the same span of years from 1972 to today, say, um, I don't think you see the same thing. I I want to push back on that, but we have Please a call do. to coming coming in, so I will I'll save it. I'll save it. Thank you for your patience, caller. I'm sorry to have ranted. Hello, caller. Welcome to the show. What's your name? What are your thoughts on old-timey shit? Hey, gang. This is Robbie from Houston. Robbie, welcome. Uh, and I, Hi, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, uh, I love old-timey bullshit. Hell yeah. I wanted to know if you guys have, uh, were familiar with any uh, medieval torch devices. And are there any ones that speak to you personally that you would love to get thrown into? Uh, for me, it's going to be the Iron Maiden, the sexy one. You know, it's uh, you th- at first you think it's, uh, it's a big, sexy woman. And then it turns out it's if, if looks could kill. literally. Or you think it's a dang band. Yeah. And you go, Iron, you think you're going to a show. Right. And then you're just getting in and the, the damn spikes go in. Yeah. Humiliating. Humili- for me, it's the rack. The rack. Another, the rack's classic. Another rug pull. You we, think, oh, the rack. I love racks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a big pair of uh, right. a big pair of tits. <laughs> yeah, that, right, and then, right, right, right. And then you, uh, or you think you're better yet? You think you're in a Nordstrom rack and you're going to get an awesome deal on slacks or I'm going to get chinos. a good deal on some chinos. Yes, exactly. But then, instead, no, you that's something that Jigsaw would do to somebody. <laughs> you thought that you were going to go to Nordstrom rack. I wish there was product placement in Saw. I think that could really do a lot to that. You get the damn Roomba, and it's pulling you around. I want to see a 30-minute sequence of uh, Jigsaw in the children's section trying to buy a new suit. Yep, and he's like, ah, oh, what the hell? And they're like, this fitting need, room is too crowded. Do you need help, little boy? No, I'm not a little boy. Then why are you on a tricycle? I mean, this writes itself, and Robbie, you can write this if you'd like. Robbie, get to work, brother. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I'll take that and run with it. Yeah. yeah. Ro- okay. I, I really like the rack. I like being pulled. I think that's good. Robbie, what about you? What's your answer to this question? Uh, I like the big metal bowl that they uh, heat up while they have you trapped inside of it. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, wait, yeah. it's a bowl? Uh, I believe so. It could be a cow. I'm not sure the gender is specific. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A bull, a bull, a bull. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. I That just reminded me of, this is not medieval, but ancient Egyptian, the thing where they cover you in honey and let the flies eat you. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> no, that rules, though. There's a thing where they cover you in, bull, bull, where they cover you in honey and milk, and then the milk gets rancid, and the honey and shit gets rancid, and then slowly flies, and you're, like, tied down, and you starve to death, and slowly the f- flies eat your skin. Why don't we do that? Well, that's so awesome. Yeah, it's a good thing. They that slow. Like a, they're like maggots. They bury maggots like, in your skin, huh? Oh Christ! Like the government would would impose that as like a <laughs> like, like a punishment for something. That was like a state. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I guess ex- extrapolate on that, Grant. What do you mean by why don't we do that? I mean, just you know, uh, people get bored. People are looking for things to do with yeah. their free time, and I don't understand why they can't offer like a, you know, the equivalent of like a yoga class for that in Griffith Park, where you can go and do that in a kind of controlled environment. Yes, yes. I've said this before. I'll say it again. If we brought the Coliseum back, I'd be fucking watching it. That shit seemed tight. I mean, we have American Gladiator. It's not the same, man. Okay. I want to see the guy with the net fucking kill some guy. You know? Yeah. What about you, Robbie? Would you watch the Coliseum if they brought it back? Isn't that just Fortnite? No, man. Cause uh, it's not real. I don't know if I'd go and watch it in person, but I would watch if they, like, streamed it. <laughs> I'd watch it if I could call in and talk to the guys. <laughs> yeah. I like uh, I like the whole parasocial aspect of the show. And I, w- I would love to see that extended to uh, Bloodsport. And a Coliseum-esque place. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I really like that right. as well. Um, I, do you think I was saying the other day I think I could handle getting waterboarded. Do you guys think you could handle it? <laughs> Wasn't there, wasn't there that, that uh, who was it, that annoying British piece of shit? What was his name? There's a lot of them, but this the one in guy particular. Who got waterboard. Yeah, and was he was, like, so convinced. It's like, it's not a big deal. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Then and he, he got, lost, like, one. Oh, was that Piers Morgan? No. It was that, it, I wish it was him. It, yeah, Piers, no, I it, thought, that's what I was going to say, too. But it, yeah, it was yeah. a guy who, unfortunately, seems to be liked by a lot of people I like, and so it's a real unfortunate thing that he's also very annoying. I know he's, he's uh, <sighs> no it's not Piers Morgan you guessed Piers Morgan after we already said no it's not Piers Morgan K-Weeb come on now oh god he's uh he's this very er- erudite uh gentleman he knew Gore Vidal which was upsetting to me because I'm like Gore Vidal don't you want to just like give this guy a wedgie Christopher Hitchens yep there Christopher is. Hitchens yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 him yeah well, and then he was like it's actually really bad yeah because was it was it was his like point? I think he was trying to say that basically like enhanced interrogation techniques are actually necessary and not. That uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. as long as it works, as long as it keeps up what it's saying. <laughs> it's also when you get so up your own ass as like a sort of crank uh, journalist that you start uh, doing sh- that kind of shit. Well, you know, you know uh, many many a. Uh, uh, many an individual has, uh, as a means of sort of bolstering their, uh, you know, seeming uh, intellectual prowess, has become a contrarian accidentally. Sure. And I think that that's his situation. Speaking of which, who's seeing the sound of freedom in theaters? Robbie, you going? 
I've heard that I'm not allowed. That the uh, state doesn't want no, me to see it. No, the deal breaker is that it, it's like <laughs> over two hours, and it doesn't even address the whole adrenochrome situation. Really? So for you, it feels uh, like why am I even there? Right. It does sort of seem like it's just dipping its toe into it very half-assedly, rather than addressing the real issues. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. That's fair. I kind of want to see it just because I, um, you know, it's nice to, it's like confirmation bias. You know, I knew this shit was going on and to just like, finally, I'm hearing someone else say it. Yeah. Um, oh, also, uh, uh, Robbie, do you think you could get waterboarded? Waterboarded? Yeah, I could take that shit. No problem. It doesn't really seem like a big deal. Yeah, it won't really phase you, especially if I could be on a bunch of fucking pills like dissociatives. <laughs> That doesn't really surprise me a ton. I fight for them. I mean, the whole, uh, you know, arc of Trotskyism in general was from, you know, being a Trotsky uh, adherent to becoming a neoconservative. That was a huge part of the neoconservative movement was former Trotskyists. Hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's interesting. Wait, I, I honestly did not know that Ron DeSantis was stationed at Guantanamo. Yes, I didn't know that funny. either. That's news. He w- doing what? Uh, just just having fun, I think. Yeah, yeah, just like, enjoying Cuba. <laughs> uh, it was beautiful, really. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know much about Ron DeSantis, the man. I guess I did not realize he was in the military, even. Yeah. Did you see the clip have... of him saying "yummers"? Upon yeah. Yeah. Did the military have a cheerleading unit? <laughs> People keep saying that yum that that's fake. But I don't think it is. Or they think that it's... He keeps saying, mmm, hungy or whatever. He was naval. Oh, touch. hungy. Ooh, hungy. <laughs> I feel... I, 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 somebody somebody needs to confirm this for me. Is it true or not? I saw a screenshot of this, and I want to believe it's true that Trump called him a virgin. On the- <laughs> <laughs> virgin. I saw it in untrue... Whatever this fucking social media thing is, true yeah, social, whatever yeah, you call yeah. him a virgin. Vir- virgin Ron DeSantis. <laughs> Ron DeSantis. He's got to prove he's not... He's got a pre- yeah exactly. I mean, I think he has kids, doesn't well, he? Well, you can do him. I mean, you can but do yeah, exactly, vitro, exactly. You know, I mean, yeah. there's a lot of stuff. It doesn't mean shit. I fight for them. Sick burn, very good. That's or funny. Or he like changed the pronunciation. Interesting. Some people at the airport. Man, I was at the airport. Have I you had a guest was... use the restroom during their show? Yeah, okay. of course, man. Where That's is sort of it? The beauty of this. It's right around to your left. I'll often use the restroom during. If this. he talks shit about me, you gotta let me know. I will, man. I will. Just don't come back with those fucking numbers. I don't want to see you in the chat. Um, yeah, to the left. To your, yeah. All right, you got it. Um, wait, what was I gonna say? Yeah, I think I can handle waterboarding. Thank God he's it's gone. water. How do you think that uh, Grant's doing so far, Robbie? Um, it's not a terrible performance. Not I, I terrible will say he's uh, mostly holding his own yeah. against you. Uh, yeah. Uh, he's. <laughs> he seems a, a little uninformed, uh, but uh, yeah. I, I, I say God bless the guy. Thanks, thank God he's in this intellectual battleground where I can kind of put a little, teach him the, the the true truth with a capital T, the Truth Point Social. I uh, Truth Point Social. They should. Well, there's a million dollar idea for those two boys if they'd ever get their heads out of their asses. Um, also, I was going to say, I like this. I like that we're we're doing, there's a real um, intellectualism to the show tonight that most of the guests that come on the show simply aren't equipped for. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, yeah. Uh, last guy you had on here, just dumb as rocks. Couldn't have possibly talked about um, 
you know, whatever the hell you guys are talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben? Who is lost? Red person? Eye. <laughs> yeah, couldn't have talked uh, about it was Red it, uh, Eye. Was it Ben? Yeah. No, it no, was, was Dan. It was Dan. Ben. No, Dan is Dan is man of many things, but I wouldn't call him particularly intellectual. No. Uh, Beefcake. Beefcake. He doesn't need to be. He's too hot. He's got big muscles. With body types like me and Grant, you got to know a little something about something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you got to work for it. Yeah. That was like uh, <laughs> that molded gentleman, everything handed to him. I know. I know. When you're beautiful. Mm-mm-mm. Robbie, what kind of old timey shit do you like? Uh, I really love uh, like Delta blues music. Yeah. Uh, and old novelty songs. <laughs> I almost, yeah. Do you like novelty music? What do you mean? Like, give me like. In what sense? Like Doctor Demento, like. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. To take me away, haha. I was obsessed with a Doctor Demento Christmas album as a kid, and one of the songs was just Jingle Bells, but it was done with dog noises. Uh, I had the same album. Really. Like- it's Christmas at Ground Zero when the radiation level's okay. Do you remember this? I don't oh. remember that one. I remember um, uh, Christmas is coming twice this year. It was very funny to me. God, no, I don't remember that one. I, I, I assume we were sort of like, we were listening to different parts of it, I and then so. we were upset because I only remember like three songs because I would make my Which mom ones? play them over. Which ones? I remember. I mean, uh, I, uh, uh, Grandma got run over by a reindeer is on this album. Of um, Christmas at Ground Zero. Yeah. And the dogs barking. <laughs> yeah. Sleigh bells. There was a... <laughs> Man, your mom must have hated you. Ruh, ruh, ruh. There's that... Um, you know, what was Play crazy? it again. Play it again. Please, Luke, stop. Gosh. Couldn't stop her. Couldn't there, stop me, uh, There was one... I mean, Christmas rapping was on there, which is one of the, like, unironically best Christmas songs. You don't even have to make it a... It's not even a comedy. Oh, that song's incredible. Yeah. What is, it, how's that go? Um... That's a bop. That is. A that's bop. a great song. Still not as good as that's like dogs the, barking sleigh bells. That's the Christmas equivalent of uh, <laughs> of uh, Monster Mash, where it's like yeah. you can play that any time of the year, and really, you're gonna, you're gonna yeah. You think you could bring Monster Mash turn, any time of the year? Turn wherever you are into a party. I don't think that's true. Robbie, do you think you could play Monster Mash any time of the year? I gotta yeah. say, I completely disagree with that. Yeah, yeah. If I was at a, if okay. I was if I was in the car and somebody add- put Monster Mash on the if somebody played Monster Mash on the ox, I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? Let me make an addendum to that. Right. Let me make an addendum to that. If you uh, sever your relationship. Uh, with that song from the lyrics itself from the lyrics and you're just listening to the music right okay so you're in this imagining an instrumental version if you're, of no 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 you listen to it with the with the uh-huh. with the lyrics but just tune them out you'll have a great time come on I, yeah I think this who's is, with me this out is there huh? thing with where's the wave of people who are like I agree great. I, I would love great to listen point. to monster bash in July what do you think Robbie it's a great song I think li- Luke is always talking shit about Bobby Boris Pickett, uh-huh. and mm. I I feel like these, there's no sort of turning around on this for him. But Monster Mash is an incredible song. Yeah, for you, uh, you play it. You, any, can, you can listen to it whenever. Monster Mash goes. I don't have to tell you, man. All right, the chats aren't. What straight. if I play? I mean, if, all right, then what? Let's move on. If I play the d- dogs barking jingle bells, is that an no. always pop? Why not? Because it's because it's just not. Rope, rope, no, rope. Listen. Row, 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 okay, row, I'm gonna say row, something. Row, row, I'm gonna row. say something marginally controversial. Mm-hmm. Jingle bells. Monster sucks. Mash top ten greatest songs in the American songbook. <laughs> That's crazy. 
More than like the hymns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's better than anything the Beach Boys ever did. <laughs> I mean, that's so. It's that's what a what a crazy one to go. Also, yeah. like that you're gonna put that even the idea that even a holiday or novelty song would make the top ten, and that it wouldn't be a Christmas song. It would be the Monster Mash. <laughs> Brother, I was working the lab late one night. Yeah, I'll tell you. Yeah. Sometimes it your eyes behold the eerie sight. Than any Beach Boys song. It's definitely a top ten Halloween song. Look, I I don't know what to tell you. It's just a, it's an immaculate piece of music. I think the thing to lament is that they didn't that they that they did cordon it off the way they did with the lyrics that they wrote. I think if right. you if you remove like the the chains. No, I think keep the change. Hey, here's my question for you, motherfucker. Uh-huh. They play Thriller year round. Nobody has a problem with people listening to Thriller in August. But are the lyrics of Thriller about? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You hear fucking you. Vincent Price is on the fucking track. Right. Come right. on now. You're telling me we can listen to Thriller at a mall in 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 well, we can't February more because Michael Jackson did all those bad that sure bad stuff can. to children. Sure we can. February. <laughs> you hear about? You heard about that, right? No one. He had this whole ranch, and he, I guess he was I don't know uh, making him go on roller coasters and touching him inappropriately. Oh, well, that's not good. The first, yeah. the second thing. Really bad. Roller coasters, for me, were bad. Robbie, you like? What do you think about that Michael Jackson stuff? Monster Mash is better than Thriller, Cats and Bear, and I agree. No, it's not. Yes, it is. That's an insane take. No. (laughs) Robbie, what do you think about Michael Jackson? Yeah. Um, I would have probably fucked less kids if I was him. Yeah. Um, what about the baby thing? Good. I didn't think that was that bad. I think it was because he was already in hot water with some kids, but I think if he had just held that baby out normal style, like with anything else wrong, we could have let it slide. Do you agree? Yeah, I think that might have been the thing. The, the, the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah, you're already... Uh, you're first, you're... Fu- it's like, what is he doing to that baby as soon as he takes it inside? You know, we don't even want a kid around him, let alone a baby. It was his kid, right? Yeah, what was the kid's name? Blanket? Yeah. Blanket. <laughs> he had a blanket over his head. How's too. blanket yeah. doing now these days? Probably great. Uh, Fortune 500 CEO. Yeah, yeah. Uh, probably doing yeah. really well. Daddy's money, you know these nepo babies, <laughs> dude. Please look up Katzenberg and how blanket Jackson is doing. Um, I can't tell if he did it or not. Tbh, hello Carson, welcome. I do we think Michael Jackson did it? Yes, we did. <laughs> Let's just go on the record here. <laughs> <laughs> I had a bit for on the show. It was a Jonks episode. Mm-hmm. People remember this. Because um, the bit with Jonks, the way to do a great Jonks uh, character is to come on with a very straightforward, pretty reasonable wish or sure. desire and then make the most convoluted, complicated wish to get to that desire so that then Jonks can just pick pick apart your logic. And then you just have to be an idiot and defend it for for. 10 to 15 minutes before they kill you. But uh, I was uh, a guy who didn't feel like he got closure with his father on his deathbed because the day before he was supposed to fly out to see his father mm-hmm. was the day of the Michael Jackson verdict, and he'd made a bet. Uh, he'd made a bet with a coworker mm-hmm. that he would be guilty. Right. And he lost that bet. He lost $100, and he was so depressed that he overslept and missed his flight. Uh-huh. And so his wish to Jonks was for Michael Jackson to have actually molested the children. So that he could get closure with his parents. Well, that, you know, that supersedes, for me, like, I don't think these courts ever get this crap right. No. Look at OJ. 
Right. Right. I think my the ki- the case that my character was making, and again, this character was an objectionable cuss. This is not a good man. The case my character was making was the kids are clearly convinced that it happened either way. So right. it, you know, if 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 the that wish comes the true, court. then it means that then there will be irrefutable evidence because the court will find right. him guilty. You want and him then to, we get t- you want him to touch the kids. Yep. Well, I don't really like that type of humor, but I maybe you're, you, the people that watch your show, you find a uh, 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 fictional world where kids are getting molested by Michael Jackson humorous. Sometimes that's not for me. Yeah, yeah. I'm, Robbie, I'm, I'm underage, so that, that shit's hard right. to hear. Yeah, oh, Robbie. Uh, personally. Yeah, Robbie's. Eight years What's old. your phone number? Seven one three four zero eight four two four four. Yeah, you can call Robbie. <laughs> Terrible joke. Sorry, sorry guys. I'm sorry. Oh, about I'm sorry. Oh, oh, oh. I'm sorry. I've been leaning on some pretty coarse humor this evening and in, in recent. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, you don't like just be yourself. You know, you don't have no, to say I'm, stuff like yeah. I'm on a. I want Michael Jackson to fuck a bunch of kids. Can I tell? Man. Can I t- That's I'll, messed I'll tell up. You what, I'll tell you what's happening within the last. Especially uh, for me, a guy that just learned about it. Within the, <laughs> within the last two weeks, uh, I so. I really liked Raw Dog, Jamie Loftus's book. Sure. And I uh, am sort of, I'm familiar with her work, but I've never like taken a big deep dive into her podcasts. But um, I've been meeting meaning to read Nobokov in general and mm-hmm. Lolita in particular. So mm-hmm. I've been reading Lolita the last couple of weeks. So if there's maybe that's why mm. the jokes have been. But the reason like, is because is good. But the reason is because <laughs> she did a whole deep dive podcast. It's really on Lolita. Great so far on Lolita. It's I've only really listened to her Mensa one, and it is really good. It's uh, oh, I haven't been meaning to listen to that. It's really one too. good. It's yeah. really good. I really, I really dig her work. It's great. Uh, she's doing great. And folks, you recommend it, Jamie. She was on the twelve-hour stream. She's one, truly one of the in a world of shitty, awful investigative podcasts. Actually, makes good ones. Yeah, really, really good ones. Robbie, that, you might be good for you to learn a little something, listen to something like that instead of this crap. See, every time I see Robert Evans behind the I'll bastards podcast listed, I only think of Robert Evans from Paramount. And I always behind the bastards. It, I know that podcast is good, but I don't like the name. Why? It just to me is a little too behind the bastards. You know, I just don't like it. It, it rubs me the wrong What do way. they talk about? They do like deep dives into um, objectionable figures in history. I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah, and like okay. try and well, get then into that's their, a pretty like, good psych. title for the show. Yeah, I agree. It's just to me, it's just a matter of personal taste. You know, I, I think for me, I'd be call it like, you know, fucked up guys uh, research hour or something. <laughs> It's kind of long-winded. For you. Fucked up guys. Fucked up. What if they talk about women? What is it behind the bitches pod? See, that's terrible, man. That's really you got to stop reading Lolita. You're, you're getting too loose with this language. Know, I'm sorry. Yeah, and Lolita calls it <laughs> bitches, too. Women can be bastards, I guess, yeah. Women can be bastards. Um, Robbie, I want to turn the focus back to you, man. How are you doing tonight? Uh, oh, I'm doing great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anything? <laughs> any big updates? On what? I don't know, <laughs> man. I, I don't do shit. Uh, oh, do you see any good movies? What Grant wants to know if you've way. seen good movies, right? You seen good yes. Movies? Yeah. Uh, I've been making my way through the Buster Keaton shorts. They're on, oh, they're on yes. Criterion. Absolutely. I'm talking about yeah. that guy was definitely a kid fucker. Are Buster you, Keaton. Uh, I, mean, I think that's Chaplin. I think that's Chaplin. Hey, have Maybe. you? Are, yeah, are Chaplin you, is the guy. <laughs> yeah, Did he fuck you, kids? 
Well, he famously married. Oh yeah, he like married one, I believe. Well, it was different back then. But Buster Keaton fucked like children. For what it's worth, (laughs) Novikov. um, There's some indication that he may have based in part Humbert Humbert on Chaplin, like elements of Chaplin, because oh, interesting. um, (laughs) The uh, his wife, whose name escapes me, there's uh, it's kind of similar in a sense to uh, Dolores' name, I think can't recall mm-hmm. there's some link name wise mm-hmm. and then in certain like key details of their courtship so you're telling me buster keaton that big fat fuck didn't fuck one kid buster keaton oh, i think i'm thinking buster of keaton. i guess i think i think i'm thinking, Who are you thinking of, of? I was thinking fatty, of arbuckle? fatty arbuckle what the fuck he fucked kids maybe no but why, he, wait why would you do that, that? <laughs> i just got him confused you know buster keaton was fit as a fiddle no buster keaton did not fuck any kids but fatty arbuckle definitely did right robbie no, supposedly he put a Coke bottle up a lady's pussy, but it was yeah, uh, yeah. found to be not true. And that's kind of the character in Babylon that is supposed to be Buster. There's that, the and then there's right? also, I only watched the first episode of a show on HBO, which I will not describe because we're not supposed to be, uh, I guess, talking as a SAG actor. We're not supposed to be talking about maybe contemporary projects. I'm not SAG, so I don't care. The Deuce. Grant was talking about the Deuce, the porn show no. in New York. Oh my Talk God. about a show that no. they, they fuck kids. No, but there's a show They're where the first eight. episode, the first episode, there's some PI of, a, of you know who goes in and attempts to uh, get a photo of a, a guy who's basically Fatty Arbuckle, who's having a weird sexual escapade with a lady involving food. I bustered on her Keaton until she Arbuckled. That's good. <laughs> we got. <laughs> 45 minutes left of the show. 45 minutes left. Robbie, you got any uh, parting words on uh, old-timey shit for us before I let you go? Uh, Yeah, we got to return. Got to return. That's, uh, that's my guy. Don't love the yeah. implications All of right. that. All right. I like <laughs> Take care. I would have uh, asked him, I think, if he had a preference between the big three. Buster Keaton. Keaton, Chaplin, and Lloyd. Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd. Yep. He's been around for so long. Oh, he's so old. He's so old. Wouldn't be that uh, that crazy, would it? Yeah, and it's it was wild because yeah, Back to the Future doesn't even look like he's missing the fingers that he's missing. It's pretty impressive. How'd they do that? CGI probably. Back then, I don't know. How do you guys feel about wearing ties casually? Depends on your profession. Depends on where you live. Depends on what kind of tie. I mean, so many depends. 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 I think if I became just a shade more insufferable, yeah, I would dress that well there's like a way worse version of you that wears a suit every day yeah yeah or maybe a better version or of maybe a better version. depends on the life just, you want i to think i'd have to be better at art in general to pull it off mm, i haven't really been a guy who's good at art that wears a suit every day that is also then also good at art going back to the first thing i think it depends on what like you know i don't think i would judge too harshly uh wes anderson for wearing a suit to work sure you sure. know what i mean sure sure He's I think it, yeah, I think it's work. It's the the thing is, what are, what are you doing for work? Right. I've also he- heard it said that there's something helpful um, psychologically about dressing uh, to do like writing, dressing up to do writing. Uh, you know, a friend it's of mine, a friend of mine, puts on a suit and goes to a fucking Denny's and drinks black coffee to do all his writing. I'm not even kidding. I respect the hell out of your and, friend. He t- and it works. Do, work- I know, do uh, would I, I know who your friend is? I don't. Uh, 
he said this on his podcast. So I think it's fine. Nate Verone. You know Nate oh, Verone? Wow. Yeah. That's, that's what would, I would laugh so hard if I saw Nate Verone yeah. alone in a Denny's with a suit on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I th- it was one I of those I think I'm things. being filmed. He was, I think that he I was, was being, ki- being It's like. He, I, maybe he was kidding, but I don't think he was. Coffee again. PF, maybe it's just a diner. PF just started wearing suits every day, and everybody just accept PFT. Paul F. Tompkins. Yeah, but he's got on a whole thing going. I also think you have to be over thirty. Nate Barone, come on the Everything Now show. It's my shout out to you. We will we will respect your choice to wear suits at a He's coming days. on this I show soon. Cats and Baron. To answer your question, I. Have, it's been a minute since I've been to a Denny's, but when I was living near one, it was I went to Denny's like it was going out of style. Really? I love Denny's. Huh. Great place to sit and read. It's cheap, dirt cheap. Um, yeah. Yeah. I love Denny's. It's open 24-7. Very few restaurants, restaurants give you that, that leeway. You want to bring, bring them in here? No, I, we have two cats at home. Um. And, and feel free to ask uh, any other questions here. Are L.A. Denny's okay? They're great. I think they're great. I think they're, they do the work. I, you know, I would love to be able to go to an independently owned and operated uh, style of a Denny's. I'd love yeah. if there was a 24-hour just found, coffee shop. I found a good diner that reminds me of real diners in L.A. Because I think the Astros. L.A. diners aren't that good. No, Astro sucks. But it's overpriced. The, the Toasted Bun in Glendale. It's okay. on Brand Avenue by all those car dealerships. Okay, yeah, yeah. Is it open? Went for the late? first time. I think so. Um, yeah, this is Kirby. He's a good guy. Kirby. Hey, pal. Hi, Kirby. Kirby, your enthusiasm, huh? Robbie, that's really funny. Oh, that's his editing skills are really good. Hey, pal. He's a good guy. I like Kirby a lot. He's a really friendly little kitty. He hates dogs. I remember seeing you when you were like a little tiny kitten on the show. I know. You've gotten now so big. Now look at him. He's a, boy, a big boy, a big adult man. You're doing great, buddy. Um, That's really funny. Oh, I really like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Before I forget, yeah. Um, I, w- I was listening to your episode with Anna... How do you say her last name? Sarah Gina. Sarah and Gina? Or Sarah, Sarah Gina. Sarah Gina. Um, Chekhov, Cherry Orchard. Yeah, big yeah. fan. You mentioned Chekhov today. I'm a big Chekhov guy. Have you read his short stories? You know, I haven't. I, would, I, I, I hate to admit it. I've read all his plays, even like the weird ones, but I've never really read any. I've maybe read a couple of them. I've not. I've yet to do a deep dive on his plays, which is really lamentable, and I want to sure. try to change that. I, I, I also love The Cherry Orchard, but um, his short stories are also really worth your time. Really? There are a few that are great, but then the student in particular. I, I mentioned the student only because it, it's it's such, it's like two pages long. It's it's the you know platonic ideal of a short story. Mm-hmm. But it, it is the most succinct appraisal of why uh, why one major reason why one can potentially get a lot out of um, you know antiquated um, works of art. Mm-hmm older works of art that that span huge temporal gulfs but are so closely linked to your lived experience yeah in contemporary times i mean that is a real i think chekhov's pertinent. plays are masterful of that yeah. because they're also it's like as to me liter is literally rich as uh shakespeare but just so much more accessible because the parlance isn't like that crazy and there's good you know a lot of that too depends on the translation there's a i i've read a a kind of bouncing back and forth when i was trying to settle on which 
version of Chekhov to read. I've, I've read some where it feels like they're very pointedly yes. kind of cold and stilted in a way that feels like it's attempting to replicate um, Russian. Or yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but but then I've also read some like the book that I have, the collection of Chekhov stuff that I have at, at the house is written with. I mean, they're saying like, yeah, you know, they're being, yeah. they're very. Uh, there's an attempt to modernize a lot of it. It's an interesting thing, translation, because it really is, uh, uh, it all kind of lives and dies in the translator, you know? It's maddening. It's crazy. It's maddening. I mean, like, one one of the, the things that um, really bothers me with that is, you know, I find myself sometimes wanting to, like, really dive into, like, um, you know, like Marquez. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, maybe I just like get really good at Spanish and try to read it in I the original. I kind of felt that language. same way. With, yeah, like a, a dark Don Quixote or something, like one yeah. of the big Cervantes works. And I'm like, well, that would be especially hard because you'd be also reading antiquated Spanish. But yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the temptation is to try to read it in its original language, and then and then there there are some where you'll you'll you know you're never going to learn it, and so it's like yeah. you know, am I going to read fucking uh, Murakami or whatever? Yeah, yeah, uh, not going to do it's, it. It's maddening. It's very oh, I wanted to go back to what you said though about. I do about like movies and like the stagnation of culture. I do my counterpoint to that though is that's like it has been coupled with a complete sort of democratization of culture and that like yes, they're all remakes and reboots and that like, you know, capital has been centralized in the broad scale of movie making and stuff, but certainly like things like this never would have been possible uh, mm-hmm. just because of technology um, the, the same technology that made those movies possible you know like you can have yes you making a sort of a wide sweeping piece of art that is you know monumental I think is completely mere, maybe impossible in the same way it was and that like everyone of that generation saw Easy Rider which is an incredible movie but I think I'm principally referring to form and aesthetic shifts, not necessarily, right. you know, what is the most popular. That's that's an, it's a good indication sure. to me. That's why I brought it up. But I would say, like, even what we're doing here, while there's the, the democratization of what you're doing, which is nothing to nothing to, to sneeze at, um, it's still a uh, return to a well-established, well-trod form of yeah. of entertainment, the talk show. Right. The Colin show, right? And there's nothing to be, um, you know, d- there's not to diminish what you do, right? But it, I think, what I'm referring to is, even at the margins, even when you're looking at like SoundCloud music, that's at the the razor's edge of what is um, deemed acceptable by the mainstream, you still find a recapitulation of form that is um, still so much closer to what uh, was taking place 50 years ago than a comparable span of time. Um, back then, you know, if you were if you were to look at the popular or even um, aesthetically galvanizing um, avant-garde works of the 1970s compared to a similar style of work in the 1920s, right. you're looking at such a significant gulf in style, in technique, in subject matter. The same leap cannot be said to have occurred in the last 50 years. That's my contention. I really disagree with you, to be honest with you. Because I think uh, in terms of you just look at the the different subcultures that exist, you know, and like the ways that someone is able to, I mean, take it even as simple as like a conspiracy theorist, you know, like 100 years ago, that guy's just in a mushroom cult or he's a monk, you know. 
now he's like on this like uh, uh, you can go down these like sort of like vortexes into these like little pockets of human experience in a way that to me are part of culture inherently and i think there's a blurring between like the art part of culture and just like culture with a capital c of human Mm -hmm. civilization but i i i i I disagree i really do i i think that you are right in that in that yes like especially in terms of again going from the top of uh uh mass popular culture which i know you've said is also you you believe it's more than that but there's just so much more of it that it almost feels incomparable to even be able to make that assessment so you know the idea that the shift is principally in terms of volume and that that is only that 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 the because there's so much volume it's incalculable the way things that are like I mean, you look at, let's say, video games, a completely codified art form that happened less than 50 years ago that has its own systems of uh, 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 sign and signifier. It has its own language. Yes. Um, That being said, what you'll find is that it also is a recapitulation of uh, moving image art that preceded it. Right. In in ways that I think that when people are critical about video games as a medium, they tend to to light upon that fact, which is that it is a kind of, it, it is interactive, which is not, I mean, that's a huge shift. Right. But, you know, I would say that you could make the case that video games are the closest thing that we have to um, that same ma- massive shift over the last 50 years. Yeah. With the caveat that it is... And the calls are lighting up, so finish yeah, this point and yeah, then we'll yeah, go. Let's, no, just, let's just do the okay, calls. Okay, all right, all right. That's fine. Hello, caller. Welcome to the show. What's your name, and what are your thoughts? Hello? Can you hear me? Am yeah. I on? Yep. All right, cool. Um, this is Bowmore. Bowmore, what's up? Uh, I'm totally with you on the music thing. Um, even in the 20s, people were putting out crap, and most of what people were buying was crap. And uh, we remember all the good stuff, so it seems like there nothing but heat was coming out in the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s. It's all been well recorded and cataloged, and we can read about it easily. But what was big in the 50s, you know, rock and roll came out in the 50s, but big band was the dominant. You know, that's what adults listened to and bought, and nobody remembers the big band era. You know? What? Yeah, definitely. I'd also say I do. I like it. You like big band. Yeah. I you know it's interesting because I think because can I be honest? I think you have a predilection for the old inherently in your interests, you yeah. know? So I do think because it's like I think about music, it's like I think about something as vast and crazy as hyper pop, you know? Yeah. This insane thing that has like little to zero mainstream accessibility or interest from the mainstream. I, I'm but it's so crazy. I'm and, just saying that the the gulf between um like uh, from from s- the jump from Scott Joplin to Donna Summers, uh huh. It, it, you know that move from Donna Summers to what you're talking about is right. a lateral move to me compared to that. I That's really, what I'm about. I just but do you know? Do you I know? I feel so. love. Do you know? I feel love. Yeah. With Giorgio Moroder production. Yeah, yeah. That's, not, that's that's straight out of the future. That's a that's a laser yeah. beam from the future. Yeah. There's no. Yeah. There, that is. Um, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, so that's about. the end. That was the last time anybody did anything good. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying that that, that is the gulf but from the entertainer to that 
that's 50 years. 50 years passed between the entertainer to Donna Summer's I Feel Love. If you were to compare Donna Summer's I Feel Love to, I don't know, The Weeknd, that's a lateral fucking move. But, but see, I, see, what if I choose to compare some shit piano player from the shitty days to some shit disco singer from the 70s and say, that's a fucking, that's nothing. Nothing happened between the two. The, oh, the Weeknd sucks, dude. I know The Weeknd yeah, sucks. Yeah. I mean, what if you're comparing it to, say, Beyonce? Because I think then you could say, yes, they're coming in, like, that's a, a logical... So that's all the big bands. That's the big band yeah, of yeah, nowadays. Yeah. But beyond, beyond there's underground saying, electronic music that is shockingly far fetched. The it's argument amazing. right now is that Grant is saying that there was there is a much less advancement in I guess music specifically we're talking about between fifty years ago from now to fifty years ago fifty years ago, so the seventies. Than from the 70s to the 20s. The, the 20s to the 70s, there was a much bigger leap than there is from the 70s today. Yeah. So you, yeah. he was talking about Mark Fisher and uh, ontology. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm obsessed with this DJ named Code Nine, who is also obsessed with Mark Fisher and tries to get all the ideas onto his records. And he just put out a record this year called Escapology that I think is about as advanced as anything I've ever heard. It's definitely forward. It's very far away from old but, forms. But correct me if I'm wrong. There is an actual movement within music that's that bills itself as hauntology. And the, the attempt is it's like a pseudo, uh, you know, movement that incorporates sampling in a big way. Like there's the uh, the caretaker or the curator caretaker. I don't know. He's. He takes curator. Old, yeah, yeah, I can't remember who it is. Yeah. He takes these um, big band records and um, does a lot to them in, you know, mixing them. Uh, and he, it's very avant-garde, very strange. But ultimately, it is still a, um, I think, a relitigation of past forms. It seems like almost what you're arguing against is like, or is... The, is it feels like almost what you're describing is like the jump from modernism to postmodernism, you know, because I would say and recapitulation the entertainer so... and I feel love both use a 12 tone scale. They both use the same 12 notes that everybody uses. Interesting. But I guess it's 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 instrumentation. It's tech because because what I'm also talking about is, you know, you, right. You, it, the technological advances were were so significant. That's part of what contributed to yeah. the shift in just the style of music. But what I mean to say is this, ultimately. Thank you for the subscription, Jake. Uh, thank you, Jake. Hi there. Hi, Jake. Hi, buddy. Um, what I mean to suggest is the 20th century, mm -hmm. the bulk of the 20th century, okay. was animated by a series of existential conflicts right. between two major ideologies, a huge chunk of it. Yeah. And that that helped to animate and promulgate a series of dramatic seismic shifts in cultural forms and yep. aesthetics that has not, we haven't seen something comparable emerge since, you know, the 80s or 90s. And that the sag- To me, I think all emerged. the, we've got democratically available music production tools, we've got democratically available access to communication networks. I see new creativity in like Luke was saying, the SoundCloud kids, like that strange yeah. hive of activity. Yeah, I think it's, it, it, uh, uh, yes, like I do agree with you that
like, yes, like the jump from having analog instru instruments for thousands of years to electric guitars yeah. is like obviously huge. But I would say to me again, like then the shift comes less in the technology itself and the availability of technology to me is just like is just as a significant an achievement and comes though from it. it, it, it it feels less big because it doesn't sound as literally different, but it is different because, or it is just as big because the sheer amount of music being produced does push the form forward. It does. It has to, you know, because it's like, I mean, it truly like if to put it in the simplest terms, it almost feels like a survival of the fittest evolution thing. It's like there's truly just more samples to go off of. So then more different kinds of, uh, in the case of music, Systems of rhythm, tonalities are just hit more often, you know, or in more ways. In in New York in seventy seven, before the blackout, there were like two or three different hip hop crews. And then the blackout happened and everybody looted the speaker stores and then the next day there were like fifteen new hip hop crews yeah. and rap really took off. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's a great analogy. I mean that's a great anecdote for yeah. I'm I'm prepared to accede that there's you know, probably a greater deal of experimentation that comes about. Just, just it's a numbers game right. at that point. What I would what? <laughs> Luke talking like this when he only listens to Dave Matthews Band, The Grateful Dead. God is that? Well, I think we're talking about music, but I believe this about also yeah. all art forums. I think we because that's where we're also kind of just focused. But on. I, you know, I think <laughs> I think it's interesting. Um, the democratization of. Uh, Various mediums, from music to film yeah. to, you know, to writing. I I do think one problem that emerges, and it's not this is not a novel observation, but one problem that emerges is that there's a total lack of curation, and so whatever yeah. whatever interest a lot of noise out that whatever ex interesting experimentation exists out there is being totally. Uh, See, I think overshadowed. I would argue that uh, we're lost in the shuffle. I think that the curation has just become is taken out of the hands of of uh, uh, people who have the monetary ability yeah. to create that curation, and it becomes into the like. I think about literally Letterbox. Like why I like Letterbox so much more than I like opening up the newspaper for film criticism. Yeah. And well, I, also that that barely exists now. I, of course, right, yeah, and, right. and nobody knew who Can was in the '70s. Not one person knew who Can was in the '70s. Nobody That's bought right, the Velvet right. Underground album. Yeah. Um, now we know all about them because they've been—they're so storied. And it seems like that people were just rocking out to the Velvet Underground every day when no, they were listening to, you know, Sugar Sugar, wah 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 wah, yeah, wah right, like right, that. Right. You know, th there's a lot of crap in the '60s too. Right. Chris, you're saying that uh, comedy is as robust and varied and experimental as it's ever been. I mean, do we really believe that? I do. I do because there's I trust like, you guys are funny. There's strange because I, there's I, I don't think we're funny. There's 16 year olds funny. making the strangest like like because it's hit out from so many angles because for so long it was like you could like be a stand up comedian and that's fucking it. Okay. Like I really do. It's it's such a new art form in terms of the ability to make any sort of like significant living from it that that didn't happen until the latter half of the 20th century. Like okay. full stop. You could be like a guy that goes around telling jokes kind of but not really. And now it's it's like I what I love the most is like finding like what a, a weird like like why I'm very interested in Twitch for example is because I think it's a very new medium and I think I've seen people on here that do things that are in the absence of any sort of structure 
as in like a stand-up comedy scene, Second yeah. City, an improv theater, whatever yeah. it is, and come to these things and get to these places where they're ultimately trying to entertain and tell jokes, but it's so much different than they would have under any sort of structure. And so I like that, you know. Do I think, of course, there's also a lot of crap with it? Yeah, I think still probably the most, I'd say probably the most popular comedy right now is like a TikTok with 50 million viewers that feels like it's made for people who are watching it who know English as a second language. And it's like humor about uh, going on an airplane. But at the same time, you see, like, I see things all the time on YouTube where I'm like, wow, that's just, like, a, a, a language and a way of, like, communicating something entertaining and humorous that, like, exists totally outside of what I do. And I find that very exciting. Okay. I trust your take on this. I think you're far more well-versed. Yeah, than the I'm a futurist. I'm a techno-optimist. I think it's going to do good for human expression. Okay. Yeah. I agree with you, Bo. I'm, I'm generally a pessimist. You're so, a pessimist. I'm a pessimist, uh, but I, I I'm not. I'm not a Elon Musk saying. guy, but yeah. also, I, somebody said I just really want to uh, address this. I think comedy is in trouble and dying because of PC culture making comedy too offensive. Making I'm too comedy certain offensive. That he's joking, right? I I don't know. I will say this. I, I don't. I, maybe he's joking. Mac plays. I don't know. I My whole take on it is that comedy is. Uh, this is wh- wh- how I've always felt about this. Comedy is a reflection of the times it lives in. That's why I love comedy more than any other art form because it only works in the moment. It's completely reflective of the culture it's created in. Right. So if the culture then is one of uh, where now you can't say certain things then that is what it's supposed to then that then then that it, that's what it is then you have to figure out how to exist within that you know that's why they were doing uh uh minstrel shows in the 1900s you know what i mean yeah. that's why uh, i think it's just harder to be funny today and so people who cuz to me it is funny to yell something rude or to be mean that is sure. funny yeah of course but it's a cheap laugh of course of course and so and there, just and because I, society doesn't want those cheap laughs anymore yeah. doesn't mean and I also think democracy's it's like, under attack or it, whatever. It's the same thing that it's always been is there's this big thing is there's always a mainstream thing that is safe and palatable to family audiences. And there's always a thing that is like on the underground and is like offensive. And now we're just in one of those moments where like the offensive thing is seems that people seem to ally with uh, uh, the freedom to say what you want. But like back in the 90s, probably the guys doing the neocon comedy circuit speaking tours probably thought they were the the rebels you know it's just like it's completely reflective of the culture you live in so for me the question of whether something is offensive or not or in uh it just becomes on whether people will laugh at it you know Uh, i'll say too um in general about comedy and cutting edge comedy and everything this is anecdotal purely anecdotal i couldn't point to any specific examples but um Again, I would trust that you know a lot more of the nuance about sort of what's on the, the, the cutting edge, the bleeding sure. edge of it. But I remember, because I, I, just a couple months ago I was reading um, Aristophanes. I read Frogs, Clouds. Sure, sure. Uh, it struck me that so many... Aristophanes. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> he, uh, it struck me that so many of the jokes in those plays would come off as really bizarre esoteric funny ironic detached yeah pieces of, of humor that would play in some of the most cutting-edge avant-garde stuff that's right. happening today and right. so there's something about like what's what's funny and feels cutting-edge and feels provocative 
you know, it doesn't change that much over time. It's a very similar. No, yeah. I watched, uh, watched, uh, children of paradise earlier this year yeah. and it just blew me. Like I didn't, I forgot. It's like one of the funniest movies ever made yeah, yeah. in addition to everything else. It, it like, I don't know. It's just such a real kind of so good. I've never seen it. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but it was great. Well, Bowmore, I hate to let you go, but we got another call coming in, so we'll we'll move on to the yeah, next. Yeah, I'm one. boring tonight. We're talking college talk. No, I like. I'll this call shit. you next time. I'm sick. I'm sick of talking. I'm sick of trying to make jokes about Michael Jackson for two no, hours. I like this. No one. more riffing. No more riffing. All right, take care. We're gonna move yeah, right this, to the next. Call. We're gonna move right to the next call. Really, is this really that different from the uh, the usual conversations you have on the show? <laughs> Yeah, man. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, I would say it's not, and, and, and I'm having a blast. But yeah, we don't get into. You so have really smart, intelligent, well-read, well-versed people on the show all the time. Yeah, I think it just more depends. than way more, you know, well-read and intelligent than I am. So I'm just surprised that there's not. I think more it just depends kind of on talk. where it goes, though. You yeah. know. I like, I mean, and I want to say very clearly, I like this. Okay, cool. I think this is fun and is a great change of pace, and that's why I like doing this show, because there's nothing, there's no set form, so we can do whatever the fuck we want. Let's see I if love the members it. agree with, with our estimation of how this is going. God damn it, man. All right, why can't I, hold on. Hey, that's a good, pretty good. Okay, let me, uh, I gotta get this call. There's a call coming in that I have to move. Hello, caller. Thank you for your patience, 14-minute. Welcome to the show. Wait. What is your name and what would you like to discuss? Hello, Theo from Eden. Theo, uh, welcome. Theo. I am here to... Hello. Um, I have a lot of thoughts about what we were talking about before with the um, ontology, if you will, like the the aspect, because I kind of agree with both of you. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a big proponent of like recycling of themes and like I do think that in some element there is a stagnation but kind of like I said in chat when you look at only the you know capitalist popular culture you know these big studios what they're putting out you're not going to see the underbelly of the innovation right. that's going to happen in small spaces um, and I also think that there's going to be a regurgitation of ideas, and I don't think that that's a bad thing at all. Um, I think that, you know, human beings are human beings, and that we experience very similar things throughout the course of time. And, I mean, old-timey shit, if you want to talk about that student, uh, the student, um, uh, that short story, it's, it's, because it's resonant doesn't mean that it's, um, because it's resident and it's been said before, that doesn't mean that it's not worthwhile because if it's resonant in any way, that means that it is. Um, and I think that if we should only limit uh, something to, oh, is it breaking ground? Is it new? Is it something else? That's not, yeah. I mean, it's kind of missing the point because innovation only goes so far it needs to be grounded in what is useful yes um to, to your point so i think there is a, a distinction between a hearkening back that's born of a desire to to um note the similarities of human experience across vast temporal gulfs mm -hmm. that's one thing mm -hmm. but what's happening right now in popular culture with you know we've i mentioned in 2019 the top 10 highest grossing films were all remakes reboots or um 
adaptations of established intellectual property. I think what's happening right. there is less of that and more a kind of, and this is, I think, the case that Mark Fisher was making. It He, I think, even goes into detail about how, yes, there's a great deal of experimentation at the margins, but what's happening within popular culture, you know, in the zeitgeist, is a uh, regurgitation of culture from a time when there was the uh, possibility of yeah. hope for the future. So I would know, agree with that. Yeah, so you're having... Uh, you know, Stranger Things, for example, mm -hmm. it is it is rooted in a kind of base nostalgia, right? That on the one hand is it is appealing in a very like straightforward nostalgic way. People idealize their childhoods, and that's the you know the people mm -hmm. consuming that show a lot of them at least. But it's also just, you know, I think Mark Fisher, the case uh, Mark absolutely. Fisher would make was that was a a, a heady fraught time culturally right. before the evisceration of uh, hope <laughs> for the future. See, well, I think this yeah. is, I, I really, and this is a, a belief I've come to in the last couple of years, which is that I believe that it is an illusion that there were times of, uh, uh, yes, obviously in the course of history, there's greater cultural stagnancy and not, but it's like, okay, because to that same point, what were the most popular movies in the 1980s? One of the biggest franchises is Indiana Jones, which is, is so right. obviously that generation doing the exact same thing Cereals. Stranger Things was doing yeah. to pulp serials and pulp yeah. store novels, you know? Yeah. Sorry, go ahead, right. Theo. I, I've, I've got, I mean, this kind of goes back to like, um, where I think that this kind of behavior stems from, um, you know, if you want to talk about, um, you know, the discrepancy between like uh, the two world powers of, you know, the ideas of communism or capitalism, mm -hmm. um, there is this habit that comes up in the maintaining of fascist re regimes of looking to idealize the past as something that we need to return to yeah. while also completely stripping it of any of its humanity and making it the shiny, pretty thing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, you know, we have to get back to the good old days. You know, you hear that from um, Gen X and the boomers a lot. And it's like, oh, when we were young, we did this. Well, it's completely looking, you know, it's it's like I said, it's candy coating. It's, it's right. looking back at these rose colored glasses so that you're not um, really. It's just a detachment. I don't know if either of you have read Nothing Personal uh, by Baldwin, but mm -hmm. there's this no, whole Baldwin, thing that. I highly, highly recommend it. It's it's a really short essay. It's like four parts. I genuinely, I read it in a Barnes and Noble, and I didn't even buy the book. Um, it's smart. It he looks at you know the American culture as completely lacking past. Um, right. He looks at it as yeah. you know these people who run away from home um, in European states, people who are ripped from their home in other cases, or people who are have their home desecrated and you know built on top of, and it's it's kind of we try and cover up the past so that we don't have to learn from it so that there's no actual reflection because a past um, is obviously going to be sullied with um, misfortunes and just things that you regret. And if you never, ever look at that as fully, you know, dead in the face, there's no need for reflection. So there is no self and that self becomes manicured and built together from, you know, these false stories that aren't even real. Um, you know, it's buying the next product that will make you younger. It's, you know, that kind of thing where there's no real maturation of anything. And it's a real, it's a really alienating experience to not have that 
um, kind of deep breadth of knowledge about the past. Exactly. Uh, yeah, and he talks only... about too. Yeah. Of the of it. Yeah. Yeah. He has a great quote where he 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 talks about how he he used to feel these things that made him feel incredibly alienated and isolated, and then he found books. And he realized that the very things that made him feel alienated and isolated were the very things that connected him with every person right. that ever lived, right, um, and ever will live. But don't you guys think? Because I, I, I really a big part of me has started to believe it's like five hundred years ago, most uh, lay people couldn't, vast majority of them couldn't even read, let alone have any understanding right. of the history outside of the small village or shtetl they were part of, right? So. Yeah. Even this, like, yes, totally. I do. I do. I agree with you a hundred percent, Theo, about what you said about fascist regime, regimes uh, cherry coat the past. But I also believe any sort of centralized power does that because the past is right. easier to sell. And we're looking at it through a capitalist mindset. But if we think of all, you know, all of human history is, and is sensibly mm-hmm. what sets us apart from the beasts is is the idea of capital in general, right? Which I don't believe is good or mm-hmm. bad, but I do believe like. The the trading of goods and services is a big uh, cornerstone of just what it means to be civilized. I do think there's something to... Oh, my God. You really hurt me. Uh, there is something just that... I guess all I'm really trying to say here is that I think there's a bit of an illusion that this these problems are any worse or any better in the grand scheme of things and that they've always been like this. And it's always been yeah. so bad, you know? Life has always been yeah. hor- horrifying. Yeah. In aggregate. No, and, and, yeah. and, and, and no, no, but specifically that life has been horrifying in aggregate. Sorry, I'm going to turn the nature of up. The nature of what's terrible is, has shifted. And that, and that humans have always looked, uh, humans of every generation have always looked back at the past and said this time was good, this time is bad. The yeah. time we were in yeah. is bad because when I was a child, I had more hope for the world. You know what I mean? And it's like it's yeah. the same thing. We're going and back to the comedy no, thing. You couldn't make movies like the ones in the 90s today. It's like, well, why do you like those? Because they're so funny? Or is it because you were at the you age? That could, it's like them. there's a theory that someone yeah. said once about SNL, which is like everybody likes SNL, but only when they were 12 years old. School, and so yeah. they're obsessed with it, uh, uh, this idea of what it was in the past. The it's like, of course. You know? Yeah, because that's when you thought things were fucking funny and you weren't cynical and in my case, 30 years old and going, I, yeah, I don't think yeah. most things are funny, you know? I, I, I agree entirely, and that's kind of why I said, like, I think that this idea of, like, the stagnation, it is kind of born from a sense of despondency. Like, you, I personally believe that any conclusion that somebody comes to is built entirely based off of their subconscious perceptions. Right. I don't think that, and there's, there's science behind that as well. Right. Uh, but, I mean, if we're going to talk about, like, um, you know, this, this access to, like, reading, and not to mention in the past uh, 40 years of internet and being able to be completely connected. Yes, 500 years ago, people were contained to these villages, yeah. and they had no sense of the outside world, so they could utter it. They could make it the problem. Now that we're all connected, we're still trying to figure out how do we exist as a species without constantly trying to hate each other. Right. That's kind of where we're at, and it's the sense of we are so hyper-focused on everything that is wrong because we are aware of it and we see it. Right. And we can't point to anything else except that, yes, we have to change and that is an incredibly difficult thing for the human body to do because we like our patterns that have worked for us in the past but it's Mm -hmm. very obvious that they don't work for us anymore and having to change is equally as scary and at the bodily level like that it it inhibits that it 
creates that sense of fear that it feels as dire as if we were in those very scary situations. Right. Also, sorry, go ahead. Create a global sense of like pessimism and all of that. But ultimately, we are no better or no worse than where we have been since the dawn of time, you know, and once we come to that genuine reality, we can actually do something about it. I agree with that. I agree with that wholeheartedly. I agree. Because it, it's I, I it's something I just... I, it, I think it's the... Uh, believing that there's a difference between how things were and the things are now on both sides of the coin are the illusion through which you are, are sold, you know? Because it's yeah. either you from the positive of the stranger things of the world is this constant reselling of the old or the negative of, oh, it was so good then and now it's bad now exactly. or vice versa. Like, it's all believing this... In, uh, uh, it's all othering you from fellow humans. Yeah. yeah. It's, I, I see it as a way of escapism. Yes. It's, you're unhappy now, so you either make it great or you find a reason yes. to blame like, why you're happy when yes. really things are just happening and there is no real grand reason, at least in my view of things, and that is scary, so we try to avoid it. Yeah. 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 Yes. Well. <laughs> Fantastic uh, conversation, guys. So really. then, so then that brings me to a final point. That's why I think we should all just be taking as much kratom as possible every single day and and opiates, <laughs> and really just or, chilling the fuck out. Or 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 uh, we connect on those base human levels of the things that alienate us and yes. realize that hey, it isn't so bad, and we're yeah. all going through this together. And yeah. You know, because there's only one moment to worry about, why not make that moment good? Sure. I agree 100%. Grant? Hell yeah, guys. Yeah. I think uh, presence is of great importance. Yeah. So I want to hear you saying fucking Donna Summers is so much better than Beyonce because I think they're both epics as hell. Yeah. Let's not, let's not, we get to be let's not make women compete against each other, huh, guys? Exactly. What'd you say, Theo? We get to be alive at the same time as Beyonce and, you know, exactly. the same feeling that people get to when they think about being alive at the same time as Donna Summers. I don't know if she's still alive. I don't know anything about her. But, I believe she's you know, great art is created every single day. Like, we are engaged in a reality where we can, you know, be a part of things and connect with each other. And, yeah, maybe it's not getting the shining, you know, it's not raking in a lot of money, but do you really want it to? I mean, it's... You get to be a part of it, and that's yeah. the cool part. And it's so cool when it's good, you know? Mm-hmm. When they manage to make something and that's good. It. Yeah. It oftentimes, it's really good. I mean, I go back to the video games thing because it's something that I've watched, like, so v- that I'm very invested in and have been since I was a child, and also have watched coming. I'm like, damn, dude. Uh, you know, the, the mm-hmm. things I play today, experiences I have in these games that are the things of, of my imagination as a child that have yeah. become right. real. Yeah. Are those things completely only a- able because of the things that came before it? Yes. Like, you know, uh, I think of the new Zelda game as one of the uh, best experiences of any sort of media I've ever had in terms of the yeah. feelings it elicited in me and the sense of awe and wonder, you yeah. know. But and, and to make that point even further, like we are right now we also get to look at the wealth of history behind us we get to look at this old-timey shit and we can still connect with it and 
from exactly. it. Like it is, it is amazing to be alive right now. Like exactly. we get, we, you know, at our fingertips, that kind of deal. Like it's, that I can watch yeah, that I can watch the most fucked up guy on YouTube review fast food restaurants in rural Ohio and be the craziest looking, sounding, acting motherfucker. Like I you my grandparents, if they saw that, would go insane. And I get to see that as much as I want every day. Like that is fucking wild. And it's like we live in this reality. It's yeah. real. Like what the fuck? Like yeah. it's cool. It's cool. I agree. All right, that's I, my take. I feel like I have expelled I like it. it enough. See, Theo, I like uh, thank it. you for calling in. I love, I love, I, I love the the passion. I love the thoughts. I couldn't agree more. Hell yeah, guys! Thanks. Hell yeah, bye. take care. Bye bye. You got a few minutes here, Graham. So we, we'll, yeah. What do we, we? Yeah. I I think many salient points were made this evening, and uh, and I I'm inclined to agree. I think there is a really we live at a very interesting time that is um, no better or worse than that which preceded it and that, yes. will, that's what, that which will likely follow. Yes. And I think, too, one, one, uh, one thing sort of undergirding all this discussion is that regardless of any, um, any particulars that populate uh, day-to-day life at any given time in history, uh, people have a remarkable capacity to become dissatisfied with whatever their conditions are. Sure. So, <laughs> I think even even in a world where you're granted every material want that's available to you, you you find a reason to be to fret. Yeah, uh, I think that's certainly true. And I will say also, in kind of the defense of more of the caviar, is I do think we're living in a particularly poignantly bad time, specifically as American in the dying American empire. Like I definitely yeah. agree with that. We are in a fading empire. There's no question about it. But the the horror of that and the despair that is sort that sort of follows that does commingle with you know the the kind of poetry of that now that's a very uh you know we're speaking from a very lucky perspective if we take that opinion because you know certainly there are going to be people who are way worse off and whatever is to follow this moment in history but i do think there is i don't know i think there's beauty to be found in um even the most trying times. Yeah. And, and but so, certainly it feels so banal and trite to say, but so, so often those bromides tend to be, they feel banal and trite because in part they're true. Yeah. You still have time to give it. Yes. You can call in real WWE lioness, but we only have like four minutes left. So if it's a, if you want you to call and say to, something, you have a hard cut. I kind of, I, I, I wish I could go longer tonight, I but I have that. to go to a birthday party I respect and that. I would, I would fully do way more. I'd love to come back on. I would love to have I you like, back on. I, I'm doing this four nights a I, week now. Man. Um, I hate comedy. You hate comedy. I don't hate comedy. I'm mostly I'm being hyperbolic, but but the, you right, know gotta, I love the opportunity to not have to come on and try my damnedest to. Be I love this. I think this is great. Know. I love this. Grant. Hello, caller. Welcome to the show. Um. Hi. Um. So this is Linus. Um. I don't know if you saw my message or not. Um. So I was wondering if you guys had subtitles at all, because I've been struggling to hear you guys for the last five gotcha. minutes, and I, I still can't figure out if you guys had subtitles. I'm sorry. Oh no, it's all good. I no, I need to add that add in add on so you can do it. Is it is it the volumes just low? 
Um, the volume is a little bit low, but gotcha. like I can hear you guys on the phone right now. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. Really good. That's curious. Really good. Because I'm looking like, at the levels, and the, the levels are, look fine. That's what's so weird is these mics. All right, all right. Well, I appreciate you, Lioness, calling in. I'm gonna fix it. But uh, thank you. Okay, I, I'm sorry for bothering. No, don't no, apologize at all. I appreciate this because a lot of times people are just randomly calling out like, I can hear you, I cannot hear you, but now I know for a fact. So thank you, Lionel. No, it's I appreciate important. you. Never doubt. Hey, if you're uh, if if if, right. if anyone out there is a viewer of the Everything Now show, never doubt that it is. We love you when you tell us if you can't hear us, <laughs> because then we can fix it. Then we can be heard. I'll have to. This is sort of an awkward thing. But Linus, is there anything else you wanted to call in about tonight, or was it just about the levels, which is totally fine? Um, I, uh, well, to be honest, I wanted to know. Um, from your guys' opinion, I see that you guys are like, oh, like maybe in your twenties to thirties, mm-hmm. maybe. I mm-hmm. don't know. I don't want to assume. I'm sorry. I'm seventeen. But like. Sorry, sorry about that. No, Grant is not seventeen. That would be funny though if sorry, I had a seventeen-year-old on the show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I was wondering, uh, since you guys have been living a long life, are hospitals supposed to be nice or are they dangerous? Like, are they dangerous to talk? To, like, are they dangerous to talk about? Are they dangerous to like be? You were having like suicidal thoughts. Are they dangerous to go to and get help? Are they, or do they just stay like they keep you in like imprisonment? I don't want to say that, but like, do they like just keep you away from your families forever? No, no, they don't. Um, because of what we were talking about earlier is that they can't, they can't legally keep you, uh, for more than 72 hours, correct? Yeah. On a psychiatric hold. If you're, if you're, uh, if someone out there is in a position where they feel they need, they need help in a professional setting, um, always give it a shot. Yeah. Give it a try. Call, um, you know, that these, it's, it's, uh, you know, we live in complicated times, and it's sometimes it's hard to get help, but taking the first step is yeah. uh, important. And, and a really good point in the chat. If you go voluntarily, you can leave at any time. Yes. That is your right as a citizen of the country. Like if you, so that is also a very good incentive to like take the step yourself and be like, hey, I need help. Okay, let me do this. And then it's totally on your terms. And I will say also just for people listening, like it is the thing that everyone brings up all the time, but like the suicide prevention hotline yeah. legitimately is an incredible free resource that everyone has access to. Yep. Okay, uh, sorry, I was just a little bit, like, scared to, like, call that number because I didn't want to, like, get in trouble and I didn't want to, like, no, stay no. away from my mom for a long time. No. And I thought that, to, for my opinion, I thought that my bad in- intention, uh, my bad thought that they would do would be they would force you into a hospital no matter what and you no. can't get out. No, no, that is not, that is not true. That is one of those things that like uh, legally a hundred percent is not true. Is that nobody can keep you against your one in a hospital for more than 
I, th- I think it is 72 hours is and that's just to make sure you know you're safe not in like and a like they're keeping you like locked away yeah. but but know that if, if 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 anyone is in a situation like this like it won't be you do it and then that's it you're stuck in there a hundred percent I know that's true yes um yeah okay. I was just wondering. I'm so sorry for bugging you no, guys. No, I know that you guys have to like leave. You, no, you soon. Um, not at all. And I understand the distrust of hospitals and the medical system, but I think in this one area, we actually do have a lot of um, uh, uh, things in place to keep people safe when they're in situations like this. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I don't. Okay. Thank you again so much for like allowing me to ask. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course. And allowing me to contact you guys. So yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah no problem. And, uh, and feel free to you know hit me up on a DM or something if you had more questions or wanted to talk about anything. Okay? Yeah, absolutely. Um. DM. What do you mean by DM? Oh, you could send me a message on Discord or on Twitter or just any, you know, I got social medias there or whatever it is. Um, If you need any resources or anything like that or know someone that does. Okay. Um, Unfortunately, I don't go into like Discord servers because I don't want to get scammed or anything. No, that's fine. Unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's totally, and I'm not, not, you know, it's totally completely up to you. It's, 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 it's just, if you wanted to contact either of us offline or not on the call, uh, you could also send me a message on Twitch, you know, it's totally up to you. Okay. I think I'll just send you a message on Twitch. Perfect. 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 I forgot that that was an option to begin with. All right. Lioness, do you feel, yeah. Do you, do you have any other questions or concerns? Um, no, not really. I just wanted to see if, like, I've had that judgment for my whole entire life yeah. because I, I've had that situation happen to me where I felt like I was forced to be there and yeah. I couldn't get out. Yeah, totally, totally. And I think um, a lot of times it, it's it, it. I think what Grant said is very true. Or it's about if you are the person putting yourself in, it gives you a lot more agency. Though, even if you are forced in, again, legally, they cannot hold you for more than 72 hours. So, definitely not. You, It is not a situation where if you went to a hospital, they would keep you in there for months and you would be away from your family. Okay. I was just making sure. Uh, yeah. yeah. Thank, thank you for that. Thank you so much. Yeah. Of course. I don't really know. I don't really know what to say other than thank you so much for yeah. your like time to like having the initial time to like explain it to me because yeah. I'm kind of slow sometimes. No, and no, no. It needs it's all that. good. And I and I just want yeah, and I and your fears are founded, and I don't or, or not. Or I I think that you you now know like it won't be the case, but I understand that anxiety you had around it. I don't think yeah. that's cre- like strange. I do think that's totally reasonable. To be like if I do go to something like that, you know, could I get trapped there? You know, because I think that it, there are uh, stories throughout history like that. But I think in this case, we are lucky to be in a society currently where that is that is not true. Definitely not. Okay. okay. All right. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I I now understand. Thank okay. you again so yeah. much, and thank you to the chat uh, yeah. chat people 
that are like talking to me right now and yeah. saying, "Hey, this is this is also a thing that you can do." Totally. So, um, I, I will have to look up uh, that uh, uh, that uh, phone number. Yeah. That was mentioned. Yeah. I think it was like suicide awareness. I think. The suicide prevention hotline. Yeah, it's a really good resource uh, at any time. If it'll just, it's a good resource, and it's people who can give you a lot of information, uh, no matter what state you're in. Okay, I yeah. just wanted to like make sure. Um, what if you're not from the U.S.? Um, I imagine wherever you happen to be, uh, they have a comparable line, and if you were to yeah. look it up online, they would. Uh, you'd be able to find that from wherever you're, you're living. Yeah. Okay. All right. Or 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 are, is it the, are you are, are, is the situation that you would be in the U.S. but you yourself are not from there, or is it being in another country entirely? I'm sorry, sir. I don't think I understand what no. you mean by no, that. No, no. When you said, oh, if you're not from the U.S., or, do you mean, because if you're in the U.S. and you're not from the U.S., you can still use the hotline. Does that make sense? Oh, okay. That makes more sense. Yeah. I was like thinking, like, if there was, like, other hotlines for, like, individual countries, and I didn't know if they were all in the same line. So, uh, so I, I think that there, if you're in the U.S., that 988 will work, but I am 100% sure if you Google, as Katzen said, crisis hotline, and then the country, you will find one 100%. Okay. Yeah? All right. I, I guess I was a little <laughs> No, no, it's all good. So no, it's totally fine. That's totally fine. Do you have any other other questions for us? Um, no. Um, I was just thinking that of that, and I didn't know how to ask. And this is the best place. Um, yeah. The reason uh, to the person that is asking me that I don't have to apologize. Um, the reason that I apologize so much is because of my anxiety. So yeah. I apologize. I, hey, listen. I do the same thing. Yeah, same I love. I same love here. to say sorry over and over again, just as placeholder. So I totally understand that. Okay, I thought that a person was like asking me because I was getting it on their nerves or something. No, 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 no. no. I think they were just saying you're a, you're totally fine, and everybody, us in the chat, are totally happy to help and happy to provide info. Okay, I I still can't exactly. Uh, one of you guys is like louder on the phone than the mm. other, and I can't <laughs> figure it out on I who's will, talking think, right now. It might just be because it Luke is be in general is loud. He's he's just a loud man. I'm a loud man. So I'm gonna turn it down a little, and hopefully that helps. Okay, <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure nobody gets hearing loss from it. Yeah, I'm not angry or anything. I'm loud. I'm used to screaming in a stage. I, you know, it's, it's unfortunately it's uh, the pipes I've been given. But uh, thank you. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> um, also, um, I do have another question. It yeah. might be a little bit weird, but I have another question. Mm -hmm. Which one is talking right now? Is it the bearded man or the non-bearded man? This is the bearded man. <laughs> Okay. 
I, I couldn't tell at first because I couldn't tell which one was Luke or which one was the straightener, not necessarily. This is yeah, Grant. That's that's I, Luke, and this is Grant, Grant. over here. Yeah, I'm yeah, the yeah. non-bearded one who looks like he could be 12. The one, I would say it's the one that looks loud is loud, you know? Well, the one that looked loud would be the non-bearded person. Oh, really? interesting. I'll take that. Wow, that's interesting because I think of myself as a guy who looks loud as shit. Yeah, you look like you'd like bang on the hood of a taxi cab. Hey, get over yeah. here! I kind of look like a guy from the '70s in New York City. Yeah, so. but I appreciate that caller. Thank you for that. Uh, sorry. <laughs> and also, I did have another question. Yeah, is it like a theme that you're doing right now, or like uh, for this month, or for this? day or week that you have like you're on a pirate ship oh so no it's so the theme is so i'll tell you it's uh, the the background graphics are just things that you can activate in the chat and there's they're just sort of uh you know a background filler and then the theme is always different uh i just come up with a theme based on the guest but it's completely arbitrary and we could just end up talking about whatever Okay, I just wanted to make sure because, like, right now I have you, like, paused and you guys are, like, still on the pirate ship. So I don't know what you guys are actually on right now. Gotcha. Well, we're now we're on a book. So it's, you know, it changes. It changes. Oh, we're on a book? We're on a big big book. (laughs) I see it now. So now I see you guys actually talking. So it's actually better for me, especially for the quiet one. I can't really hear that well on the phone. Sure. So it's actually better for me so I can actually read his lips. There we go. <laughs> Speak up, Grant. That's what the note I'm hearing. Um, cool. <laughs> cool. Uh, thank you again so yeah. much for allowing me to talk to you guys. Yeah, yeah thank Call you. Call back anytime. It was great chatting with you this evening. Thank you so much. Um, like I said... I wasn't really, uh, I'm not really a person that likes to talk that much. Yeah. So uh, I tried my best to make sure that I could actually voice my opinion. Totally. So if you can't hear me, I apologize no. for that because my mom is also asleep and I have to be whispering right now. <laughs> I can, You're coming in so. loud and clear. So it's, it, on our end, you talked a good amount and loud enough, and that's all we're looking for. So thank you. Okay, and so much. Um, So hospitals are not prisons. No. What about counselors? How do you guys feel about counselors? Are they like prison guards that like... No, no. Or like cops that... Put that shit down right now. Okay, I have to go. Okay. All right, caller, take care. Call back anytime, okay? Okay, bye. Bye-bye. All right. That, you know, I'm really glad that I'm really glad they called in. I hope that, yeah, they called. It sounded like a classic situation of their mom yelling at them. Yeah, I heard that at the end there. I totally have found myself in as a young person as well. Um, but, um, yeah, if you're still watching, you know, call any time. Yes. Truly. Yes. Phone lines are open. We do this four nights a week. Um, yeah. 
kind yeah. of been helped yeah. as much as we could have, you know? Yeah. And call, yeah, call. Don't be afraid to call, folks. What are counselors help. supposed to be? So this is the same call. Counselors are not prison guards. Counsel, I've been seeing counselors, uh, uh, you know, since I was in my early 20s. They're great. Uh, you can find them. You can find ones that are cheap if money's an issue from places. Like, I have a lot of friends that have had a lot of success with uh, seeing counselors in training who are just as good as counselors, but it's it's just kept cheap because they're at the beginning of their careers. Um, they are not... Uh, they are not prison guards. I've been uh, a therapist. Um, I think it's it's definitely worthwhile to talk to a professional in some capacity. Yes, uh, they know what they're doing. A lot. Yeah, yeah, can't hurt. That's my thing. It cannot hurt. You know, if you go and you do it a few times, and you go say, yeah, I don't think this is really helpful, uh, helping. You know, you don't have to keep going back. That's the beauty is you can make that choice for yourself. Uh, so you might as well try. Yep. Because I have a feeling, as most people find, is that they go, oh, no, this is actually good. But I think sometimes in those situations, you're like, well, if I do it, then I can never stop. But it is not the case. It's- yeah. And, and Surreal Chemist makes a point. Uh, he need, they need to find a new one. Uh, don't be afraid if you don't have a good fit, This the first person you talk yes. to. There's, sometimes you have to, to talk to a few yes. to find the one that's right for you. But it's worth the, the, the work. Yeah. It's great. They're great. They're a lot, and for me, very helpful in a way that uh, uh, they do something very different than any interpersonal uh, connection can because of the nature of their work, Um, which is very helpful, I think, because they have to be objective. Um, Yeah, can't recommend it enough. Can't recommend it enough. Okay. Well, shall we go on on that note? It's a very helpful one. I think it's a good helpful note. We do have to run tonight, um, but Real WD Lioness, thanks again for calling in. Thanks again for your chats. Grant, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I mean it. I would love to come back on. I would love to have um, you. Yeah. You were not too loud, no. Real WWE no. Linus. I really wish we could stay longer. I unfortunately just this sh- I have to go. Yeah, and it has nothing to do with you, exactly. and all to do with the fact that I have horrible real world obligations, and yeah, that's all it is. I because I usually end it, you know. So it's all good. I promise you, it's yep. all good. Yep. Uh, please, please, please don't take that as any indication of you. Or your call. Exactly. Um, your call was amazing. Always happy to answer any questions anyone might have. Oh, you know what? Oh, good. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, you were too loud for your mom. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We all know we that. Of, we all know we all have had that happen. Been there, brothers. Yeah. Um, thank you for being here, Grant. Uh, yeah. Uh, incredible, incredible time. Yes. Grant, Thanks, everybody. Before we get out of here. Um, the Everything Now show streams uh, four times a week. We it's do it. Good. It's a pretty good. It's okay. We do uh, the show Mondays, which is tomorrow, you'll note. Careful careful uh, observers will note that tomorrow happens to be a Monday. Yeah. Monday, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. Mondays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays, it is from 7 to 9. And then Saturdays, it's from 6 to 8. For those of you unaware of the program, it is a real treat. We do improvisational comedy, a character cavalcade style improvisational comedy show. KP Senti, thank you so much for saying that, that you should watch, and that I'm uh, a rather handsome fellow. Uh, That's one cool dude. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
it's a character cavalcade style show is what it's it's what it is what I meant to say and it basically you know there's a bunch of weird guys who show up there's so many weird in guys. court say and you 